What is up, Scrippers? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Porch Factor on 7600 the I am Ron. I am Drew. And we're chilling like villains and like crackers because we're the crackers. Sorry, I'll, I'll see myself out. <laughs> oh, you locked into a bobblehead today, and I can't just—yeah, I just can't stop. I, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into why shortly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. 833-441-2220. That's 833-441-2220 is the phone number if you want to dial and join in. More than just my mom and Drew's mom. <laughs> it's always good when your parents enjoy what you do, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's productive and, well, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Productive-ish. We do it. In general, <laughs> yeah. what we do yes. during it, not overly productive. <laughs> uh, All depends on how much of this we've had. <laughs> sir, tink. Watch it. Tink. Mm. Yummy. Num nums. I need to get more of these because Jenny had one of them. So this is my last one. And I've got other things, obviously, that I'll switch to during the show, but... I, I, I fucking love these. It's getting harder and harder to find a lot of stuff we used to drink all the time, like Woodchuck, for example. Yeah, no, I can't find Woodchuck anywhere. I can't find Sam Adams Rebel or any of the varieties of it anywhere. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm wondering if they even make this stuff. It's hard to find regular Sam Adams. Seriously, like over my I mean, birthday, I don't look of for... July, I'm like, all right, you know what? Damn it, I'm getting a case of Sam Adams for my birthday because it's 4th of July, for God's sake. I had to look for it. I, I do well because I'm not a beer drinker. I haven't really looked, well, yeah. you know, for but even so, like, like Woodchuck, for example. I, I know you're doing that. Yeah, you're doing no, Woodchuck nowhere. It. Yeah, um, Woodchuck. So I had to go over like when I started, you know, when I do more, I've got that Bold Rock, and then uh, what's the other one? I forget Mike's the name. Of the, yeah, Mike's Harder. Um, you know, it that you know, the pretty much the only one that I could find from a, a cider standpoint has just been Bold Rock. And don't get me wrong, I like that the and Angry Orchard. I mean, you can get it. Yeah, that's, and yeah, Angry that's Orchard, yeah. place Woodchuck. You can find Angry Orchard everywhere. I'm pretty sure. Now, is an Angry Orchard built here, made here in Virginia? I ain't sure, Virginia. I do not know. I've never bothered to look at the label. Let's look. I know uh, Woodchuck is, I think, Vermont, if I remember correctly. Are you over 21? <laughs> Scroll all the way down to the bottom of this really obnoxious HTML5 website. Mm. Uh, Walt, Walt <laughs> the web and, designer in Ron is having a freaking condition right now. A <laughs> little bit of a spaz moment. Uh, Walden, New York. Okay. So uh, I'm assuming upstate. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it would make sense. I'm just like, okay, maybe Hudson River Valley, but. The only cider place <laughs> anything we north have. of Yonkers is upstate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any anything outside of like you can't say New York, you know, unless you mean New York City to anybody who doesn't live in New York or hasn't, you know, isn't familiar with New York. And, and, and having spent time in upstate, it's a completely different world. Folks. Oh yeah, I much prefer upstate. Like, it's quiet. You can see the stars at night. Like it's Merlin. Pretty. Like Merlin. Yeah. 
You know, Western Maryland, like my, uh, I have family that lives in, um, um, Hagerstown, Hagerstucky. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they call it, I didn't coin it that I, they call right. it that. So I, I went right along with it because God damn, if it doesn't like hit it right on the top of the head right there. <laughs> it's like so, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, but, I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? I'm like, Oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. As that, you know, that's why we call West Virginia West by God. You know, there's, there's lots of reasons that these places have their, their nicknames, you know, we're the old dominion. We're no longer a dominion though. <laughs> One of the few commonwealths, I believe. Is yes. it? Yeah, it's, there's only two, right? There's just us yeah, in Pennsylvania, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. I want to say Kentucky was one or there's a fourth one. There's a, there's a fourth one. I don't know. You have Google too. I know. I, I just saw this the other day. It was like a thing on. I was like one of the people I follow on Twitter. They put this like, what, "Yeah, can you name the four commonwealths?" And I'm like, "Okay, I know three of them." I was like, "What's the fourth one?" <laughs> All right. So, uh, Kentucky, Massachusetts, massive two shits. Kentucky. That was that was the fourth one. Then okay. Yeah. yeah Kentucky, it was Massachusetts, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Yeah. Fuck this place. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fucking hate this place. Uh, I would move anywhere, to be honest. Y'all aren't merely states, but hey, motherfucker, I live in a republic. Yeah, well, you're about to live in your own goddamn country. The rate things are going, it might not be that far out of the cards. To be, to be honest with you, though, like I was reading into a, you know several different comment sections of different places, and a lot of people are, you know, even the, the, the left-wing psycho douchebags are even saying, oh, yeah, it's about to happen. Yeah, oh, I'll be all right. It'll be all right. They're not, like, losing their shit about it. They're not screaming and yelling. They're not calling y'all redneck faggots or something like that. They're they just they haven't thought it through because they're, they're pissing off the people who grow their food. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of the F word, um, mm. I was reading something earlier that the, the guy, you know, called him that, right? And... I was laughing because, you know, obviously that's not a term that you use in these day, this day and age, right? No, you know? it's definitely falling by the wayside. Right. And we're good re- we're for good reason. And it's, like, it's it, something you do not hear much anymore. It turns out he was actually using it in its proper sense, proper a term. A bundle of sticks. A bundle of sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> like, I thought he was coming in there just dropping the, the, the bomb, you know, on people because they were having an argument. And they were arguing. I don't even remember what the argument was about, but it actually fit that he was talking about a bundle of sticks. And I'm like, God damn it. Explaining that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you know, you don't know where these terms came from. It was like even the South Park episode where they were calling all the the bikers that went by fags. God, yeah. And they were like, I can't believe you're calling them such a mean term to gay people. And they're like, what are you talking about? They're just fags. And they're like, what you can't say that oh my god wash their mouth out with soap and blah 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 and they're like i don't dude i really don't understand what the fuck is going on here like okay that's a gay person all right who's that and they show a picture of a biker and they go that's a fag oh my god you can't do that and the bikers are getting all angry and then they're like and the finally at the very end of the episode they're like we have no problem with gay people gay people are fine those guys are fags like and they finally got well, listen the, with the namla episode is like yeah we're 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 all in favor of tolerance and acceptance and all that shit but, but dude, fuck, fuck you. you yeah dude <laughs> you have fuck sex you. with children yes. <laughs> it's like dude fuck you kind of brings me already goddamn eight minutes in 
It brings <laughs> yeah, me. We're off to a strong start. It brings me to my actual my rant for today, for this week, and my rant is just do what makes you happy. That's it. That's it. Like there's no little things down below. It's do what makes you happy. If it's available and you want to do it, go do it. Today I did. You you did. (laughs) There are ramifications. (laughs) There are ramifications to some of the things that you want to do that you want that you say, Oh, I really want to do that. And you go and you do it. And maybe it's illegal, but that's what the problem is is that there were laws created for almost fucking everything that block you from the freedom of doing those things. Case in point, the website that I just went to, went to Angry Orchard to figure out where they're made, right? As soon as the website comes up, it block it blurs out the whole screen except for the the welcome box. The welcome box says are you 21 years of age? What other than other than you being dumb and you shouldn't have children or your children should be removed from you by the the not even the state by your neighbors yeah you know the decent citizens of society cuz you ain't one right why does it matter if a child drinks alcohol in other cultures, it's not even a thing. There is like you go to some countries, there is no drinking age. Right, they're like seven years old walking around with a beer. Yeah, or wine, especially, wine. Like, especially some cultures like wine. Italy, for example. Yeah, because wine is such a huge part of the cuisine. Yeah, in that culture, I'm sitting there going, France kids are having a glass of wine with dinner because, for God's sake, Chianti goes so damn well with marinara. Let's be honest, folks. <laughs> I use Chianti when I make my marinara. In <laughs> France, so, all right, here we go. The legal drinking age in France is 18. Or 16 if the person is in the presence of an adult. Yeah. In some states, I believe it's 18 in the U.S. if you're with an adult. No, federal 21. 21. Okay, that must have changed since we were 21-ish. Yeah, I think. But, no, it's federal mandated 21. Okay. That's why all of the signs, the federal signs, they have the sign, the federal I, logos on them. I've never bothered to look at it when I walk in. It's the last thing on my mind when I'm walking into the liquor store. And now, <laughs> the the smoking age, same thing, federally mandated. Mm-hmm. So other countries, and they don't have major problems like we do with those kind of things, because kids are raised from a young age to be responsible. It's right. part of how are. the parenting <laughs> happens. Right. You know, sometimes they go awry, right? Yes. Take like take like Aaron Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Right? He was raised quite well. His dad was a little off his uh off his uh his anger game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so the apple didn't fall far from the tree in that that respect. But he was never in trouble for any of that kind of thing. And they were the one of the most highly regarded families in the area that he grew up in. Right. And they heard that he was being charged with murder and everybody's like, what? 
And the reason is because he was brought up in that family. I mean, they, they followed his high school. He was all American and he, you know, everybody loved that family. His dad went to the NFL. His, uh, what was it? His brother, I think is semi-pro or something like that. And the guy that they killed was semi-pro. So there was all this like beef or whatever, but he was raised right. And he was raised right in his community. His community loved him and he wasn't in some ghetto he wasn't in the projects. He wasn't even in some low com- low income. He was in middle America style places, middle to higher income houses, kind of places where we grew up. I mean, correct. Yeah, it's okay. We're we're not in the hood. This is okay. If you can't make it here, then what's up? If you come from the hills in Hollywood, yeah, can you not make it? Absolutely. If all oh, of a sudden your money was gone. You would not do well. You would not survive. If you were in the projects and you somehow made it out of the projects and you got a good education, you got yourself a good job. Are you going to make it? 1000% yes. Your chances are significantly higher. Massive because you had to crawl out. You know, remember you're not allowed to say, pull yourself up by the bootstraps anymore. Right. That's literally pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. So you come from relatively humble means and you make something of yourself that is far beyond what the average person in society feel, you know, believes that someone like that could become. Take M. And it's awesome. Take Mr. Marshall Mathers for you. Yeah. He grew up on eight mile. The edge of good and bad Detroit. <laughs> literally he's the, right on the borderline and he grew up in a trailer park yes with a crack whore mom admittedly crack whore mom an abusive father and people dying all around him i mean think about it ladies and gentlemen i don't think you've ever actually if you haven't been to detroit before go to detroit and drive down that road going through the the they're they're called mile because it depends on how far like in miles roads basically it's around from, from the how center far, the ring that goes how far out you are from downtown right so like for example if you go north out of town on woodward avenue like heading up to i think it's pontiac is way all the way up north whatever it is you go out there it's like oh yeah you go up isn't that the road we yeah. were on I th- okay, uh, the place where uh, the record shop is, that's, yeah. I think, uh, Woodward and 12 Mile. So it's a little further outside of downtown. So a nicer area. Yeah, it was a nicer area. Yeah. It was like my, my area, right? Yeah, it was, it was like, as, as Ben told us, 12 Mile, good. 8 Mile, bad. <laughs> but here, the thing that was crazy when we got there, there is a flyover at 8 Mile. And it's the only one that has the flyover. Did you notice that? So you, okay, I think I, the bridge I think we driving at night. So I didn't even notice. So it's really, you don't have to go through a traffic light. Nope. You just go straight over that sucker. Yep. You go from seven to nine without stopping. Or any of the surface streets in between, but, Correct. Yeah, but yeah, you just, just like, Oh, nope. Eight mile. We're not stopping at this. We're not stopping. Nope, we're just I'm zipping like, past it. God damn. The department of transportation there said, we're going to avoid your shit because we don't want <laughs> people getting noise. hit by, crossfire <laughs> this noise <laughs> kids you seeing all this plight <laughs> roll them up, <laughs> roll them up. <laughs> that, that was the ongoing joke yes that we had that weekend yep 
<laughs> or my favorite was when we were in uh in uh Cleveland mm-hmm. with all the guns <laughs> driving down. <laughs> Where are you guys going? Um, <laughs> uh, linger longer. Uh, so Dude, it's hard to believe that was ten years ago. God damn, was it? It right. It was twenty eleven. It was while I was living in Pennsylvania. It was Rob's birthday, and it was so at November. Yeah, yeah, Rob. Yeah, so we're coming. We're just about ten years ago now. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> we getting old. <laughs> oh, here, here's a mind blowing fact. It's Don't you know, it. it's, it's, you're thinking about things today. Is I have now been playing bass for 25 years. Mm. I started when I was 11. Shit. But the first concert I ever went to was Rush, December of '96. Coming up on 25 years ago now. Holy shit! Yeah, I, I was the- 11 at the time. It's like, yeah, and Dad pulled me out of an orchestra concert that night. <laughs> like we had the christmas orchestra concert second concert we did i literally had been playing bass for all of four months the upright bass still learning bass guitar and we were the sixth graders so we were the first group to go to play and then the seventh and eighth graders had their deal so okay as soon as we're done playing it's like okay lay the bass down dad's standing over at the edge of the stage like let's go nice (laughs) and i think we miss we had floor seats so we missed the very first song as we're walking down to our seats in the middle of the first song because rush always goes on like 20 minutes late that was their thing Nice. Every time I ever saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, a concert is supposed to start at eight. No, no, you pretty much guarantee eight. Fashionably 15, eight, late. Fashionably like, late. They just do. That's just the way they roll. <laughs> Got to do that last <laughs> line. Of, a little bit late. Got to do that and, last yeah. line of Coke before you hit the stage. I, that was the thing. I was uh, like having learned so many uh, other songs or tried to learn so many other songs. I'm like, yeah, there's no way they were on drugs. There's no way these guys were on drugs. And it's like, and and you look at the documentary, like the first big concert they ever played. They're like, Hey, we've got free, you know, drinks or whatever in the, in the green room, whatever. It's like, so they're like, Oh, we've never had this before. So you're like, and they weren't really big drinkers back then either. So Getty's like, all right, I want a bottle of blue nun wine. He doesn't remember the first show at all. Oh shit. He, he literally he's like, okay, I had a bottle and it went right to his head. A bottle of, of, of German white wine right before the show went right to his head. He doesn't remember playing any of this shit. They were opening for I think it was Uriah Heep. And this Damn. was like nineteen seventy four. And and Getty does not remember the show at all. No he's like, Okay, we, we get like we get off the stage and I'm like, Oh wait, we're done? Okay. <laughs> did, did I see like, okay, well? note to self, take it easy before we go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Like, take it easy. That kinda, it probably kind of helped him, to be honest with you. You know, having a bad yeah. experience the very first time. They, while that's what they never experienced. Yeah, that's when they learned. Okay, don't mix partying with work. Right. Party after the show. Yeah. If you're going to party. The, so they are before. they are literally the polar opposite of uh, uh, Motley Crue. Yeah, oh, God. I mean, they are straight edge in comparison to Motley Crue. But to your to your statement, when you said, oh, my gosh, I've been playing bass for 25 years. I started playing drums when I was seven, 29 years ago. Son. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it is just a mind blowing fact. Like, you know, we're officially grown ups. And just, when the hell did that happen? No, we're still not grown ups. No, 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 no. You're, 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 you have a family, bro. It's undeniable at this point. We're just, we're just elderly children. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, when the hell did this happen? Yeah. Oh, hey. like the other yesterday, I was at a uh, uh, high school football game. Kiddos in marching band, right? So we're at a high school football game, and these little, these little, ow! I just bit my tongue. <laughs> these little kids. Like, you know, six, seven years old, something like that. They're running down the bleachers 
And without even a hesitation, they run down the bleacher stairs, right? And I had a thought while I was following, you know, I was on the other set of stairs going down and I had to slow down a little bit, take that first step. So that is kind of like a controlled descent or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, I remember back then when I would just, I would see a hill or some stairs or whatever and just blow through it like it was nothing now i'm like okay make sure you don't do this because you'll trip and fall and die it's like yeah and now it's like we know it was like after like the third time you've fallen and you somehow didn't kill yourself like <laughs> yeah, maybe i should be a little more careful <laughs> or walking up the stairs when you get to the top of the stairs and you then have to stand fully up <laughs> or no the fun part is you get some of these really steep uh, like grandstand stuff, like at Daytona, for example, the upper deck. Oh yeah, you get to your row, and then you have to walk along your row to get. Or at uh, I think it's the upper deck at uh, the American Airlines Center here in Dallas. I went to a Stars game, and you're like, all right, everything is so steeply pitched. Yes, that you're like, all right, I just don't. I'm, I, you I'm tend to die. Like, kind of want to fall down the deal because you, you're walking weird. You're just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm walking straight up and down, but like it's so steeply tilted. I like, I'm trying not to fucking fall over just because. <laughs> The angle is fucking with my inner ear. Drew, my did eyes you, and my inner ear are like on a different wavelength. Did you not have your V8 that day? No, it's the. Did it? Do you it, remember it, that commercial? Equilibrium is good. Do you remember that commercial from the nineties? From V8, I remember there were a bunch of V8 commercials. I was trying to remember the one in particular because they had a bunch of different ones. But they were all basically on the same. The same. You perform better in all the different parts of life if you've had a drink of V8. Uh, hang on. Uh, Have your tomato juice, among other veggies. See if I can find one here. Yeah, here we go. Let me guess. There'll be ads on it. Oh no, here we go. I gotta change. This is the stuff. time. This is the kind of thing where I just love us going off on tangents because you know what? We've got some idea of what we want to talk about, but it's like, nope, fuck it, tangents. We're gonna fill up about eighty-five percent of the show, and we're gonna have a blast yes. doing it. Oh, 1987. Oh, wow. No wonder I don't remember. Lunch? I grabbed a pizza. Lunch? I grabbed a burger. The American Dietetic Association says vegetables are an important part of a balanced diet. Lunch? I grabbed a hot dog. No, vegetables have a V8. When you can't get to eat vegetables, you can drink them. One delicious glass of V8 juice provides a serving of vegetables. <laughs> Thanks for putting me straight, Laura. Drink V8. Keep your diet straight. Yeah, you no, I did not have my V8 then. <laughs> yes, and that was the other fun part. Is okay, I was like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to go get a beer because a, they're like ten dollars, and b, how the hell am I going to try to get to my seat without killing myself when I've got a buzz on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's new. The, and you know, there's a, one of those ads that didn't a, that didn't age well enough that they could actually you know play it now because keep your diet straight, and then immediately people would be yeah. like. Oh, what if your diet <laughs> identifies as gay? <laughs> You're a hey, fat girl with LA gear sneakers, and I hope you hit a pole and die. <laughs> I hit two buttons. I meant to hit one. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, you know somebody would be offended by it. Oh, like, absolutely. Why did you say Ow! Dude, once you bite it once, you're done. Because now it's it's a, it's a repeat thing. Now it's puffy, so now it's big, it's swollen. So now you're gonna That's bite it all said. the time. 
Jenny got me a bunch of times. Um, and the reason she got me a bunch of times is because I, I bought, all right, you're going to say it. I'm just going to get it over with now. Uh, I bought wood um, mm-hmm. to make. <laughs> <laughs> Ron's got wood. What else is new? No! <laughs> <laughs> When I'm done with the table, I'll be sporting the chub. Anyway, so I, I bought, you know, the, the 16 foot, you know, uh, one of them is a six by six. And fuck you. That thing is fucking heavy. I lived in four by like, fours for building fucking fences. Them some bitches are heavy. Yeah, I carried the two by fours just fine. The four by four kind of heavy carried just fine. Try to pick up the six by six. And That's a substantial piece of lumber. That's solid 300, 400 pounds. Solid. 16 feet and of 16 six feet by six. Long. That, that's a, that, yeah. that's a it's, substantial it's, boner right yeah, there. Yeah, it, it was heavy. It was heavy for me and my neighbor. Uh, Mikey actually helped me. We carried it together because I called him or you know, I texted him. I was like, can I get some manly help, sir? <laughs> Bro, I need, I need, I need, I just like, I, as manly as I, as man as I am, this is a two man job. Yes, it is. At yes, least. Is. And I had Jenny come out first, right? Cause we found out that her, her ankle isn't actually broken. She did tear her tendon. Mm. She has no idea how it's not the None Achilles, is it? No. Okay, good. So she, yeah. uh, I had her come out. She shuffled her way out and she was going to help you know, carry it over there. And we're only carrying it 15 feet from my car to the, to the driveway. My wife is five foot two and a half. She comes up and she puts her hand on the log, but her arms are completely straight. And she goes, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I can't reach. I can't help. I turn around. I look and I'm like, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wife is a little too short. (laughs) So Mikey came over and helped. Uh, I pick it up today, so I built mine. Oh, I'll send you the picture so that I can bring it up and show people. Mm-hmm. Um, I built my new stand, my uh, saw stand, saw table, as it were. And um, I can't do two things at once. Stand by. <laughs> Ron is searching for photographs. <laughs> I like, yeah, I bought my own heavy thing today. I want you to <laughs> look at this photograph. <laughs> okay did you see the behind the scenes thing it was like okay it was a dude photographing yeah. a dude photographing nickelback talking about a photo yes <laughs> going, this is the most inception thing i've ever seen and it yes. was well before that movie ever happened and it was excellent <laughs> I, I laughed at that by the way fuck ryobi um their mounting system sucks balls so this was i had to macgyver the fuck out of this See, I get one of their drills and it's okay, but I mean, hey, it's a drill. How hard can that be? Yeah, <laughs> the drill slash driver and everything. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, those are easy. To, those are easy to do. So this was actually really nice. Uh, I, I love the hell out of it. Um, I did find out though that that's the six by six there on the ground, sixteen feet yeah. from here to about three feet past where I'm standing, and I, I was able to turn the 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 table around. And kind of finagle it one by one up onto the things. However, there was an unexpected problem. The unexpected problem is this space right here on the saw is not quite big enough. <laughs> to fit a six by six piece Correct. of wood in there. Yes. A three, uh, uh, the four by four is going to be fine. Maybe a five by five. It, but, but of there's course not enough don't. clearance for a proper 
No, you couldn't John make it Holmes all the way to the stop. Like you got there. Yes, yes. This is a tree trunk, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it wouldn't reach the backstop. So Ruh-roh. I kind of had to, <laughs> and it wasn't like this is a ten inch blade, mm-hmm. but of course half of it's you know only five, and it yeah. doesn't go all the way down because it doesn't go to the stop. So there was no clearance right yes, here. Yeah, I didn't think about that. It's like, oh yeah, from the axle to the edge of the blade is only five inches, and you're trying to cut a six inch piece of wood. Yes. Like, uh oh. I knew that was going to be an issue. However, when I brought it down, trying to get as close as I could to make it at least clean through the center, so uh-huh. that I could flip it over and do it again at the same line, and it'd be clean. No, uh-huh. because there's the the clearance problem at the at the um, at the fulcrum here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to cut it four times. Oh, so I would do it, zap, turn it, zap, zap, turn it, turn it. You know, zap, turn it. Ron, this, one of the things in our intro is fails. Oh, epic! <laughs> this is a tool fail. Epic, <laughs> and. The worst part about it is, remember how I said that fucker's like 300 pounds? And I'm having to just turn it on that. And I'm trying to do this fast, okay? So, I'm building this fucking thing, right? And I had to MacGyver the shit out of it because, like I said, the Ryobi's a bitch. So, like, its mounting points are in a line. So, that is like a, a piece of steel that I just had in the garage that I put underneath the back of it. And then I... MacGyvered and found some screws in my garage that I was able to mount it to the uh, the braces. Right, you and I, you and I think very much alike. I'm sitting going, it's like, okay, how how can I make this work? Correct. <laughs> Somehow I will make this work. Machinery technology will not defeat me. I will be triumphant. And I was triumphant. However, yes. I did it the wrong way, <laughs> so I had to turn it by myself turned it all around before I could put the wood up there. And that's when I found the rest of my issues. Building this fucking thing and MacGyvering took an hour and a half, maybe. And a storm was barreling down on our area. I finished cutting the wood and put it because I didn't want it laying out there in the in the yard and getting getting wet. It's building yeah. my desk, right? And I didn't want it to get wet. So I am trying to rush through, get this built, get the cut done, and put it back in the garage so it doesn't get wet. And I finished probably about three minutes before the, the downpour started. Shit, son. So while That's I was, was done, huh? yes, but I did fuck up once. Uh-oh. I, I was cutting it, um, you know, 27 and a half inches, right? That's about the average length of your, your table legs, right? Inch and a half, 30 inch desk. And I was cutting it and cutting it just so it was short enough that I could put it in the garage. 16 feet is not going to fit in my garage. Yeah. So I was cutting it and I got to the second cut. So it was going to be short enough. But when I pulled it down and I started that cut, it was just off of the roller on the on the bottom end. Down there, right? So I cut through it, flip it over very painfully, cut through it very painfully, cut through it, get to the last cut. And it rolls off when it cuts finally clean off. It rolls off and lands like a torpedo right on my right foot. Oh, thankfully it hit like the ankle level of the foot, not the toes. Cause that would have been broken toes. Yeah. But you don't feel any pain, right? You know, you feel the pain of the thud and you're like, ah, motherfucker, that fucking sucks. And you're trying to put weight on it and you go, uh. No, even then I was like, I was good. 
I put everything away real quick, cleaned up all that shit you see sitting there because like the the box that <laughs> the about to get doused. <laughs> the box that this thing came in is right there because I literally built it right then. I got some other stuff. My trash can was all pulled forward. That back there, that's the actual tabletop for this project. It's a butcher block, by the way. This table's gonna be sexy as fuck. Nice. Um I go running all that stuff in there and then I go in and I, I you know, lay down. Take a nap or something, right? Relax. It's a job well done. I'm saying this, is like, this would be Miller time if you were a beer man. <laughs> na, 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 na. So I uh, go and do that, right? And I go lay down for a little bit. And I was good, good, good. Then I go stand up after like an hour and a half of just laying chilling. And I'm like, ow, fuck. This is going to suck. <laughs> it's like, honey, bring the Advil. Bring, bring all the Advil. Ice. Ice, 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 baby, ice, ice. (laughs) So yeah, um, that's gonna be no bueno. Mm. But anyway, um, it was exciting, and I finally have forward motion, and all my little parts for mounting the legs are up there. So now I have to sell my current desk. Mm. But I'm also building a dining room table, same top, same butcher block type you know top um so i'm, I'm really excited okay remind me okay the one the dining room table that we had when we were living together the, the glass top oh know, the big just, glass the, boy you, okay I, I remember is that what y'all have in the dining room right now no it's been so long since i've seen to come to visit you sold that okay sold that okay. long ago as a matter of fact because it was too big for the room we put it in there and it was too big for the room without any other furniture in there oh no yeah. Bueno. yeah that that table was fucking huge <laughs> I remember it had it came with six chairs. So yeah, yes, it was six feet wide. It was twelve feet long. Damn, table was fucking massive. And oh, by the way, when we sold piece it, piece of glass. The the glass was still in perfect condition. Yeah, that was the amazing part. We bought that some bitch in two thousand and eight. Yes. Used. Yes. Put it in the back of a flatbed rented Home Depot truck. <laughs> Somehow made it all fun. back. We were renting Home Depot trucks all the time. So we, had, we, we really we were. That, and My motorcycle. The, the, and no, no, you brought the the living room furniture in the U-Haul truck when yes. we moved in. Correct. And that was the fun part. You show up at my place. I'm like, all right, we got like this joint's full. We have to get all the way up to Palm Coast and then come back to get my stuff. Um, <laughs> like, there was no room in that 16 foot fucking truck. My, my shit. He's like, nope. And then Ron hadn't even brought all of his stuff because we still had to go back and get your drum kit and a few yep. other things. Yep. Your, your amps and everything. I'm like, yeah, we still need two full carloads of stuff at your place that wasn't in the truck. Yeah, we needed a, a like a a forty seven footer or something. <laughs> we needed the, we needed the air brake diesel. Yes, we needed the big some bitch. Yes, and uh, we also used one of those trucks to go get my uh, my uh, uh, motorcycle, my first mm. Goldwing, and that was yeah, that's right. That was after I moved out. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that was fucking stupid because we didn't have a ramp. Oh shit! So we had to literally pick up. A 1978. It, it didn't have the ramp that pulled out. No, it was a it was the rental pickup truck. Oh, pickup truck. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not a, a U-Haul truck. Not a okay. U-Haul truck. The, yeah. the rental pickup truck. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, and we were yeah, dumb as fuck. Fuck. So we Your gold it, wings are substantial bikes too. It's a 78 <laughs> GL 1000, and that son of a bitch was heavy. I mean, made out of steel. 
It was it was called Whispering Death because it had enough power to go, but it was quiet and it was heavy and it sat low. Yeah. It's that's those gold wings, man. It's like them, them suckers. Like yeah, they roll down the road. But they are quick. Quick. It's, they're, it's, they're, it's a regular car reviews guy. He did a review of a, of a gold wing. It was like an 08 or something like that. And he's like like ru- like the dude's just like idling like through the parking lot in first gear. And he's running alongside it with his little steady cam rig or whatever. And he's like the loudest thing you can hear is a freaking injectors firing. The injectors yeah. firing is louder than the exhaust or the tire noise rolling through first gear at idle. <laughs> I'm like. Holy crap! And, and then he gets like an onboard, like it's, you know, like the engine. By the time you get to sixty, is completely drowned out by the wind. Yep. And it, it is such a civilized bike. And, and there's a reason the suckers cost twenty five, thirty grand. Brandon. Correct. Now they've gone all the way. They had the GL one thousand. Uh, they were created in seventy five. Mine was a seven. Both of mine were seventy eights. Um, so mine weren't you know only three years old since they were introduced in the first place. Uh, and then they went to a GL 1200, a GL 1500. And then ever since, I don't know, probably the mid nineties, maybe, uh, they've been at GL 1800 and they still have an 1800 CC for that car, yeah. for that, uh, for that bike. The old water cooled 1800 CC flat four. Yep. And God, it, and it's a substantial motor. That thing will get up and it will go. go. <laughs> It'll go right now. <laughs> it's, it's designed to be able to haul things. I mean, people create yeah. them into trikes and then trailer shit. Like I saw a guy, two people, yeah, and their crap, yeah. <laughs> like they had uh, 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 two jet skis behind them with a trike version, two dose jet skis, two jet skis on 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 one uh, one trailer, right? Yeah, but trike dude, version what? of a of a GL eighteen hundred and two people on the bike. Damn, and they were look like they looked like they were having a great time. Yeah, I would say so. I'm thinking on life goals, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> life goals. <laughs> Some people drive a seventy thousand dollar car. They drove a seventy thousand dollar rig. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like everything. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it was it was kind of sexy. <laughs> I miss I miss my bikes. When I sold those again, bikes because they were a pain like, in the ass. That, that, that's something that's again on also on my wish list. I was finally buy one. Yeah, it's like like is all I've ever done is, is dirt bikes. And I'm like, okay, I want to finally get my first road bike. It's not going to be a freaking crotch rocket. I'm not going to go buy an R six. No. Fuck no. Do not start on a bike like that. Don't buy a freaking katana or no, not a uh, Hayabusa or a Jixer. Katana is actually a pretty good you know pretty good starter bike. It's like yeah, it's, it's 600 cc air cooled. Yeah, so it's fast enough to have fun, but not fast enough to get you in too much trouble. Yep, or a CBR or a CBR 600 50 or like the one of the something uh, below a 600 or no a 650 because that's like a two cylinder that yeah, one and it's like it doesn't get anywhere near the. Because like a CBR six hundred is like my roommate in, in in when I was in college like back what before I met you, he had a katana and then eventually he upgraded with CBR six hundred but he had been riding for several years, but he's like that CBR scared him, he's like this thing is scary fast, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even the RR I think it was just like an F four or whatever so it wasn't even the the full blown race version he's like this thing is I think it's like redlined like 16 17 thousand oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's like 
I haven't had this thing past 13. And the thing is just getting into the power van right, right. there. It's like, exactly. That's, and that's, as soon as he started. Those, those wind-up bikes. Just going, yeah. Man, that, that red line is just calling your name <laughs> and it's tempting you. <laughs> yes, and it's, it's also like, going oh, to kill you. <laughs> yeah, bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> it's going to not be fun. It, it, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like driving a, like a, a late model Mazda RX-7 with a good tune. It's like... You got to think nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, this is fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and you're just hanging on for dear life. You're sitting there going, I'm not wearing enough gear. <laughs> I don't think enough gear I exists. Leather. <laughs> I don't know if enough gear exists to save you from that one. <laughs> so we ask, ask my uncle, seriously, a four-time world champion motorcycle racer, two-time world superbike champion. He low-sided it going into the corkscrew at Laguna Seca and lost four toes when his left foot got caught in the chain on his bike. Oh, shit. Rear sprocket. No shit. Rear sprocket took four toes off his left foot. Yeah. Right. It's like, folks, it's, and this is after he had already won two world championships and an AMA championship. It's like, this man knew how to do it, folks. It can happen to anyone at any time, even on a racetrack. And that was the thing that he told me for years is he hated riding on the street, but he loved riding on the track. Because on the track, you're with a bunch of other professionals who understand. When you're on the street, you're surrounded by cars and trucks that basically treat you like you're invisible. Correct. And that's the weird thing about bikes, folks, is it's they're there, but you don't notice them. Well, Unless not only you hear from the a, loud pipes coming and it exactly. you know, alerts you to... And, and that's that, the weird thing. Is you get into that debate, loud pipes save lives. I'm very much on that side of it versus loud pipes risk rights. I'm like, no, no, no. No. I hear a bike coming before I see it. Correct. Now, that's why they call the Goldwing whispering death because they can't see. And the, the damn thing is as bright and noticeable as a car, but it's as thin as a bike and it can go into those blind spots and you'll never get seen. Right. Yep. But the problem is that it is quieter than your car. Yes. You have no idea it's over there. No do. No nope. clue. But goddamn is it fucking sexy. Oh yeah. That's one of the latest ones. Oh. Yep, that's God. a 2021 uh DCT. And I'm going to turn that off because I have a chub. I I, I really just go I'm like, "Oh my god, dude." I'm like, "Okay, that's that that is brand new car money. It's that's 30 grand and I'm just sitting here going worth every penny." Yep. Oh yeah. It's oh, it's such a well-made bike. It's going to last it's going to be reliable. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be comfortable. It's going to be efficient. It's going to be everything you're looking for in a long-distance cruising road trip bike. It's a lot of money for most people. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you want the power of all, thirty grand is nothing. Right. But for your average working person who would buy this thing, that thirty grand is a substantial investment in a transportation machine, especially one with only two wheels. But it's worth it. Uh, who uh, who was it that I wanted so bad? Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the company. And it wasn't like one of your ultra standards. So not Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha, no, or any of them? No. No, no it was like Indian. Um, was it? Oh, Indian? okay. Mahindra? No, Indian. Like Indian motorcycle. Yeah, I thought Mahindra, or it was Mahindra, it was Mahindra Japanese. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I do not know. It was Indian. Goddamn yeah. Uh, it's called the well, like Indian, Indian, as in not the country Indian, or actually the brand Indian. The brand Indian. Indian gotcha. motorcycles. 
Yeah, Indian as in Harley's, like the 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 Ford to Harley's GM. In fact, yeah, in fact, because Indian and Harley were basically like Ford and GM, just at each other for decades, and then Indian went away for a while, and now they're back. And hell yes. Where the hell is the button so I can show this thing? I want the road. Where is it? Where is it? Where are the other drugs going? Now you turn it to Duke Nukem. Where is it? <laughs> v. Where is it? I don't want to load a 3D experience. Fuck the fucking fuckers. <laughs> Fuck it's this really website. Every word in the sentence. However, the 3D experience on their website is fucking awesome. Like usually, those companies have like complete horseshit. This is actually sexy. What was that tone? Oh, was that Skype? Oh no, I lost. I lost Drew. <laughs> Oh, I lost my whole connection. I lost my internets. Stand by. Fast.com. Oops, wrong button. Fast.com. Sorry, we're back. Uh, but Drew had to drop, so I got to rejoin the call. Stand by. Dude, I don't know why it does this. Like, this computer in my... my you know, and I'm an IT guy. I should you know, be able to figure this out. Um, rejoin this, rejoin the call, join now. And my internet went dead again. This is really obnoxious. I to go, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Hello, run. Hi. Uh, all right. Your camera is off. Uh, God damn. This is getting kind of annoying. Actually, this is getting really annoying. Let's test one of my, like my phone. Let's go to fast.com. There we go. Hello. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Technology's uh, decided to fail us for a second there. Verizon's being a hoe bag. So it's not AT&T on my end, okay. <laughs> no, it's it's Verizon's hoe bag hoe baggery. Anyway, welcome back ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, Verizon going to Verizon. Yep. All right. So what I was trying to do is I was trying to show you this. Mm. That's that's what I want. I mean, there's a bunch mm. of uh you know, things that I would have to put on there, like, you know, some accessories and stuff that they have for options. So it's not it's got the built. bags. Yeah, it's got the bags and the, and the extra, uh, storage on the back and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good fairings for the legs too. It's, it's a, this is a good road bike. Yeah. That, that thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck Harleys. <laughs> uh, but then you do like things like, uh, you can do stage ones, right? Uh, oh yeah. Tuning and everything. Yep. Or do the the high flow. No, that that boy's annoying. We'll do this guy. Uh, let's see, stage one. Uh, you know, like all all kinds of like matte black. Uh, you know, pipes and stuff. That's mm -hmm. what I want. You know, that kind of thing. So there's a whole bunch of stuff, and each one of these things you can go in there and choose whatever you want—a leather storage um, tank, you know, you tank know, pouch, thing, yeah, tank pouch, or and all that junk or whatever. Yeah, 
And dude, there's so many options in here. There's a billion options, and you can make it look exactly the way that you want it. Mm-hmm. But look at that screen. It's like a five inch screen. Dude. It's probably got, you know, Apple and, and Android auto, you know, CarPlay and auto. Oh, yeah. It's got Bluetooth, satellite radio, all the neat stuff they got nowadays. That one really, when I, they started putting stereos on bikes, I'm sitting there going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they I, have CB radios and everything built into them now. And you can get, you can get uh, helmets that have got the, the, the boom mic built in yeah. and all that stuff and, head, oh, yeah. and headphones and everything. Yeah. It's definitely which one I want, as a matter of fact. Those right there, those are the fucking speakers. Nice. And there's a subwoofer under here somewhere. I read wow. I read in their thing there's a subwoofer somewhere in here in addition like, to the engine being its natural yeah. vibration you're like, it's like all it's right like a, this, you're going to hit the ground over this baby it's a butt kick uh there's a dome right there and then there's a butt kicker I think oh wow type of thing but think about this I mean I would even be comfortable sitting in this back section wow on the bitch seat yeah armrests and everything wow it's fucking sexy dude Damn. Yeah. I got a chub just looking at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. John says steel toes for the win. Uh, speed doesn't stop you or doesn't kill you. It's the yeah. sudden stop. Sudden stop. <laughs> it is a very true statement and it continues to ring true. All right. Well, now that the internet has been uh, a dirty rat hoe bag, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And, <laughs> Which and I think it's perfect timing because I hear the Amazon guy out in the hall delivering my stuff. Nice. Mom, if you're watching, your uh, Christmas presents are here. Oh, he's going early. Oh, uh, you bought uh, all yeah, the things the today. Supply chain issues we may be having. You damn right, I'm doing it. It's true. And my mom <laughs> said the same thing. Um, yeah. So you bought all the things today. We'll talk more about that. Stick. With us, 833-441-2220, the uh, Porch Factor will be right back. I'm pretty sure the show isn't over, so go get a drink, sit down, shut up, and just wait while we pee. In constant
haven't already, please make sure you like and share all of this goodness. We will make sexy time together. We've returned again. We're back. Welcome back to the show, the Porch Factor on 7600thesquawk.com, 833-441-2220. That's 833-441-2220 is the call-in phone number, and you can ready to dial. Joining the show, thank you for your listeners who are listening live Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and uh, we're going to keep on kicking, I think. So, okay, we, we we trail off, right? This is what we do. We we, <laughs> we derail more than Amtrak. Yeah. And that's saying and some Burlington shit. And Northern and Union Pacific and the rest of them all put together. Yes. And uh, so what I was trying to say earlier was my, my rant is to do what you want to do, right? And what I mean by that is, take me for example. When I was nine years old, I rode on my first airplane. It was a DC 930, and it had a critter on the side of it. <laughs> and it was jet blue. And ever since then, I wanted to be a pilot, right? That's what I grew up. I wanted to be a pilot. I went to school to be a pilot. As where I met Drew at Embry-Riddle mm-hmm. Aeronautical University. And I went to that school to become a pilot. Now, <laughs> through my... Okay, I joined the radio station and my grades got worse. Drew uh, was the, other the radio exactly station the opposite. did the polar opposite. <laughs> I joined the radio station and I got four A's and a B that first semester. And I'm sitting here going, why didn't I do this years ago? Yeah, the first semester I, I went on academic probation. It was one of my first. Yeah, same here. <laughs> the same here. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I was like, oh, hey, I'm I'm living 1,200 miles away from mom and dad. Nobody's looking over my shoulder anymore. Maybe I should try harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But alas. <laughs> so I ended up having to bail. And my second love was IT. And now I'm in a really good position in IT, and I, I do IT. It's what I love to do. And that's why I'm happy, even though that I, I get run over by a bus every week and almost every day at work, I love what I do, which is why Bro, I continue to do it. To be honest, just flying airplanes, it's not that different. <laughs> I, I, I get home from my 80-hour trip. I spent literally half my life at work, folks. This is a little glimpse into the world of an airline pilot. You go to it's a four day trip. You go to work. Eighty hours later, you come home. Next week, rinse and repeat. Yeah, fifty two weeks a year till you're sixty five. It's flying and a if bus. You still have a few brain cells that are sane left up here. You get your water cannon salute and you call it a day. Yes, and you're flying Hopefully a bus. Hopefully, you haven't been divorced three times along the way. You're flying <laughs> you don't have a- alimony and child support and all this other stuff to pay for. Think of it, ladies and gentlemen. You're you're flying a bus at thirty nine thousand feet in the air. You're you're at the pointy end of a of a 
multi multi ton cruise missile. Correct. And and if something goes wrong, the first person to arrive at the scene of the accident is you. Yes. Yeah, you were the ultimate first responder if you look at it that way. So I'm sitting there, yeah, uh, yeah. I was on scene first. I beat the nine. I beat the nine one one call. Much. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so it's, again, it's it it, it it you you do this every every week, and you get home and you're sitting there going, all right, I I literally am sleeping three nights a week in hotel rooms. When you get home, you feel like you're just visiting. It's it's a weird life to live, folks, and and flight attendants have the same deal because they're in the plane with us or on the same trip. If you're an air crew, if you're an airline crew member, pilot, flight attendant, doesn't matter. It's it's the same life. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very rough on family, very rough on health, even keeping pets. I don't have any pets. I don't even have any plants. <laughs> mm, I'm sitting there going, I, I'm sitting there going, I, I want to have like like an herb garden or something. It's like okay, like out, out on the balcony, or whatever. Like okay, like like you know, grow some like like a basil and stuff like that. You want to grow some herbs, herb, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like my yeah, my livelihood definitely doesn't let me do that, among other reasons. <laughs> Well, so, I'm not 100 percent sure all of my neighbors are on the same page. No, 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 no. Smells no. that I have encountered in the hall. When you're driving down the road and you're behind the car in front of you, and you're like, <laughs> oh, "Oh my god!" Today, literally, I'm on the way to the guitar show in Arlington, and some dude in a Cadillac SUV in front of me literally dumps his bong out the window. Ugh. Dumps the bong. I'm in the Corvette. I'm, I'm I'm behind him, and this dude, some of his passengers, just dumps the bong out the fucking passenger window dude, I, <laughs> I was like oh I my if, god dude i don't know if you've been to a party where somebody's using like a, a gb or a bong or something like that but it, they get nasty so that that liquid that they're pouring out started as water it, it's among other things now it's no longer just water it's really gross <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to go, I'm like, all right, I, I hope I'm far enough back. The stuff just ended up going all over the road instead of the front of my nice Corvette. Yes, and right. Like, Cor- the car looked fine. I'm just going to go, the car didn't smell weird. Yeah, that's good. God. Your car got a, <laughs> your car like, got a okay, contact yeah. high, but you know, whatever. But um, yeah. like, I could never go back into law enforcement, right? You know, there's just, it's it, law enforcement's a weird thing. You know, people, you know, there's a lot of shit given to law enforcement officers right now, but um, there's a reason that people that spend like their whole lives in law enforcement, especially on the road, you know, even like if you make it up to captain or something like that, but if you're still on the road and you do it your whole career and then you have to retire, you do the retire, they do the, the last calls and you know, uh, your, your last 10, eight, you know, and those guys, they don't last much longer afterwards. And I, I can same story with airline pilots. Your, your alert level is next level when you're in law enforcement. You're always, I mean, that's why at the end of it, you get a thousand yard stare similar to military. Yeah. And this is also why people have that kind of issue, you know, where, where some officers do some dumbass shit, some dumbass and illegal shit and fuck up people's lives because they have the thousand yard stare. Think of it as like, especially if you worked eight mile, right? And there are gunshots every single night and you are responding yeah. to dead people all over the place. You're, you're working in one of the bad areas. And then you go to mom and pop's house because there's a domestic. 
and mom and pap mom and pop are fighting dad has a gun and you go in there and you just came from a triple homicide where one of the bodies was swiss cheese you're on high alert and dad you know you draw down on dad and dad turns around to look who's talking to you and you immediately think he's going to shoot at you now and you light dad up yeah come to find out dad had a bb gun you know and then everybody loses their shit well you literally just came from a scene right down the road where a dude was was filled with all kinds of things and you're on high alert and you're telling me that you the people bitch you would be able to turn that shit off in, in a light with a light switch fuck you fuck you I would never go back into it, not because I don't want to help people. I, w- I would I would go back in and help people all the time. Protect and serve. The vast majority of us were in protect, in protect and serve. That's why you go into it. But the alienation that you get, you know, coming out the other side of it, because if one person makes one mistake, all of you suck. There's something nuts like 190,000 cops in our country, right? And you hear about maybe one or two a week that's did something hinky. And then you hear about one or two a year that do something that, yeah, they need to fry for that shit kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Then in a bad year, you hear about three or four that three of them were not (laughs) that they were not wrong. (laughs) You're just a douchebag. But that last one, yeah, fry his ass. Right. Out of a hundred and and some odd thousand, nearly 200,000 people. And this is what happens. Those three or four people blame the entire rest of the group. You get a drunk pilot crashes the plane and every other pilot's life changes for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Because now you have to do 90 other things. You have to have 90 other checks. And you also have somebody smelling your breath as you walk onto the plane because one douchebag spoils it for everybody. One guy can't keep work and play separate. And this is my point. Do what you want and love to do. If you learn that when you first start doing it, that it's not for you or that you're bored or that it's just lost its grand, you know, you get into it. And like you said, you know, you're flying a bus at, you know, 40,000 feet and people are like, oh, no, I want to be a pilot because you, you wear that uniform. And you get to fly this big plane. It's great. It, every part of it is amazing. And then in the weekend, you're like, God damn, I hate this fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are times when you, when you just sit there going, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. Because <laughs> yes. it, it's, 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 you'll get through the trip and it's like bad weather and issues and maintenance and other delays. And it's just like, oh, guys, can't we just get the Mickey Mouse crap taken care of so we just go flying? And then you go and you have to hand fly an airplane into horrible weather because your autopilot's not working. And you land the sucker and you absolutely kiss it on. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting going, this that, is why I do this. That right there is why I do this. I'd rather be good than famous. Correct. And it's like, if you're famous as a pilot, it's either because you did something revolutionary or you really screwed up. <laughs> really fucked it up. <laughs> and your average airline pilot, usually it's if you get famous as an airline pilot, it's because you screwed up. For every Sully, there are 
10 Marvin Renslow's. Yes. True. Reference folks, Sully, the guy who piloted the miracle on the Hudson landed the Airbus on the water after hitting birds, losing power in both engines had to glide it in Marvin Renslow. A couple of weeks later, actually, uh, flew a Q 400 into the ground because he did the wrong thing and got behind the airplane <laughs> and he was tired and he was way in over his head and he killed 50 people. Sully, on the other hand, saved the lives of 155. And you look at that going, okay, for every Sully, there are 10 Marvin Renslows. It's a Somebody very screws statement. up and bad things happen. And if they're lucky, they live to tell the tale. And the other item about it is that it's a human fallible situation. And there are 150 something thousand connections in an aircraft that yeah. all have to be maintained over time. And now you have aircraft that were built in the early 70s that are still used today on your average daily trips. And people are like, oh, yeah, this this will be perfectly fine. We'll just keep up with it. It's a 50 year old fucking plane in America. Generally, most planes aren't too much older than 80s. There's only like seven five, seven fifty seven, seven sixty sevens, and a few MD eighties. And hey, Drew, I think pretty much all the old seven threes have all been put to pasture. So yeah, like but, all the seven three classics, everything that was built before the nineties. I'm pretty sure as far right. as passenger travel goes, they've all been put to pasture. Okay, then the seven three eight and seven three nine came out in the nineties, right? Twenty, yeah, twenty five. They're twenty five, thirty years old. Exactly. There's still some seven hundreds. I guarantee you I, out there from the early, really early nineties. Guarantee. I, I was at the seven seven hundreds. I think it was like 97, 96, 97 is when they finally started coming in because that's what they called the next gen seven thirty seven. So the third gen, effectively, yes. we're on the fourth now, which is the max. But yeah, so again, it's it, we're talking old a lot of fucking the planes. Old so a lot of the MD eighties that have just been parked. And oh even yeah, Delta ten years ago was still operating DC nines. Those are exactly the ones you're talking about yep. in the early seventies. Airplane so old, the fire bell is literally a bell. Yes. In the cockpit. It's not electronic, folks. The DC-9 actually had a bell. So like, like telephones used to have. Ooh. Try explaining oh. that to our kids' generation. <laughs> like, when they go through their ringtones on their phone, they're like, oh, that's cool. What's that? And everybody else is like. Why is the hang up? What do you mean hang up the phone? Why does the end call have this little logo of, of a phone like? And like a, a distinctive a phone. phone shape, right? It's like when you press save on Word. Why is it the shape of a disc? Yeah, really. They have no idea because they've like never a seen a disc. Floppy disc. Yes. <laughs> so you're like, oh, what's this thing that looks like the save icon in Microsoft Word? <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody 3D printed the save icon. Oh no! It's just like well, no. no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not even sure if a text document in Windows 10 can fit on one of those now. <laughs> it's 1.44 megabytes. Megabytes, yeah. Megabytes. Megabytes. Oh, my God. So that's what? A, at a 128 meg a second MP3, that's what? A minute and 20 seconds? I think it's, remember, 128 is basically one-to-one, -one, like one minute for one megabyte? Yes. And so, yeah, one point for it's what a minute and 20 seconds. I'm trying to find, I don't really don't have any documents on this computer because it's for audio, not yeah. documents. I'm trying to find just, just one. That's all I want. It's just one. How big is a word document? Oh, word, word documents. I mean, you you make a pretty decent sized word document and it can be 30, 40 megabytes. 
Oh yeah. On one yeah, word document. Go. Oh yeah, I've got one that's like couple. Oh okay, it's it's not okay. I've got like a like a like a ten year work history, and it's like two pages on Microsoft Word. And it's one point four five k size yeah. on disk, four k, four kilobytes. So yes. a word document, just a text, like like a word document, is not a big file. Yeah, but still, you start throwing graphics is. in there. Different oh, yeah. story. <laughs> a, P- a PDF, one PDF. Oh, yeah, done, cooked. But all right, so my point of that all of all that is is if you you start to hate it, get rid of it immediately. Go do something you want to do. But here's my biggest thing about do what you love. Do what you love, not what everybody else loves. Back in our younger days, 90s, even the early 2000s, it was all about being your own person, right? You know, stand out from the crowd, be your own person. Now, you must fall in line with everybody else. Weird. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the peer pressure yeah, it, it, is even the generation promoted. that was raised on that. And now the next generation is like, no, you must be, you must conform. Correct. So even like, uh, all, all the, uh, the, hold on. Mm. By the way, bold rock. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, this is the craft cocktail. This is the whiskey and juice version. Oh, I forgot about this one. I don't have to go check out total wine or specs and see what they, uh, what they got for that bold rock. I remember that one. That was yummy. Anyway. Mm. Um, fuck. I was in mid sentence. What did I Conforming say? Conforming versus being your own. Person. Oh yeah. So now, now, now it's, it's expected for you to conform. Right. And if you don't, you're weird and you're not cool and you don't expand on whatever it was. So now you got like like all the ladies who ended up doing like all the 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 um the pyramid scheme things, uh, oh, like Lularoe and all that other shit, right? It's just the twenty first century of a of a standard you know scheme, right? Multi level marketing. Yes, it's yeah, it's a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but whatever. They want like everybody wants to do that because one person had a great experience and they made a bunch of money and now they drive their their you know eighty thousand dollar car and they live in a half million dollar mansion and stuff like that, which is funny because half million dollars in this area get you a house about the size of mine. Moving on, yeah, it's, it's like a half million dollars is okay, decent. It's a house decent place down there. It was like, yeah, it's like three. I think it's three hundred and change is like entry level for new houses in North Dallas right now. So it's about. I'm like, I'm looking at some up near Denton. It's like, yeah, it's like three hundred just to get your foot in the door. Yeah, yeah. Here it's about four hundred to get your foot in the door for a house that's nearly fifty years old. This house is forty, going on forty nine years old. Yeah, four hundred thousand dollars. Again, that's that's East Coast versus Texas. Texas is still everything's all shiny and new because we still have space to build. <laughs> yes, which would be great when you secede. <laughs> yeah, and you have all the natural resources that are necessary. Because <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we've got all the oil and gas we'll ever need to sell. Right. We'll <laughs> export like, all what those. Like, what are you going to do about all these? Like, what are you going to do like, for for money and everything in your economy? I'm like, are you kidding me? We're sitting on it. Like it's under we, the ground. We we run the economy of the United States. So eat a bag California is too stupid to get the stuff out of the ground that's under their feet. So hey, they, they can't, thanks guys. They can't get it off the ship that's sitting off the edge of their coastline. Uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, 
So those people are like, they saw one good person do it. And then, oh, I want to get into that. Oh, I want to get into that. Now the market is saturated. And then you're waiting for the next cool thing to come out. And then you'll join that. Right. Mary Kay. I like boom. that for pilots you know? for a little while. Cause we ended up, okay, we had a glut of pilots right around the time I graduated college. Yeah. So pilots were getting hired with very thin resumes and they weren't making a whole lot of money. I'm sitting here going, I look at where I started 12 years ago <laughs> and the kind of money I'm making then and the kind of money I'm making now. <laughs> I make more than four times an hour, about four and a half times as much an hour, which, you know, since you're working the same number of hours a year, four and a half times what I did 12 years ago. And I look at going, how the hell did I survive? Right. And I think the same thing. Like, I used to work at fucking Staples. How was I surviving working at Staples? And now I have a good job and I'm like, I'm still scraping by, you know, that kind of situation. <laughs> I was going like, Oh yeah, I've got a lot of uh, more. I've got, I've got a lot nicer stuff. Now I uh, have two cars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going like, Oh yeah, I live in a really nice apartment instead uh, of a double wide in Bradford, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I have my own place instead of having to share a bathroom with my roommate in Key West. Hey, like, no, Drew, it's a very different situation than where I started. Drew. <laughs> was like, I'm living a much better life. Take your money. Go live in Pflugerville. You can have a, a nice mansion for the, the amount that you're paying on that apartment. In Austin? Good luck. At Pflugerville. I know Austin. it's outside of Austin, but Still, I'm, I'm, it's in that, Okay, there's no airline that's going to have me based in Austin, so I'm going to be no, driving three true. hours to get to work. Yes. <laughs> no matter no. whether it's Dallas or Houston, it's three hours away. Doesn't matter where. <laughs> 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 <I'm> like, ah. <laughs> So you live in the town where you're based. You try to live on the outskirts of that town if you can. Are they not doing the outskirts when you buy in? Eventually, everything grows past you. Are they not doing the ferrying thing anymore? Really? Like, are people like most of the pilots living near a hub? Oh, commuting? Yeah. Oh, lots of pilots commute. Guy I've been flying with all month. He commutes from Killeen. He's an army. uh, He's an Apache pilot, and he uh, he and his family they bought a house down near Fort Hood. Yeah. Nice. I've flown with a few guys who actually, yeah, I was like, Hey, you know, this guy, you know, this guy, I'm like, yeah, it's a whole bunch of guys, you know, they all, you know, they've, they've all worked together and know each other and everything. So yeah, it's, so you got a lot of pilots who commute from everywhere. The guy I was flying with last month commuted from Omaha. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right before you snap a football hooks yes. or you want a really good steak. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my point of all that is ladies and gentlemen, go back to the nineties the 2000s that kind of time be your own motherfucking person you want to build something or make something to sell something online or whatever you know come up with your own fucking thing take us for example we don't do it on youtube or twitch or anything else any of the normal streaming platforms we do it on our own yeah we do ask for your support but we don't expect it and we don't do anything extra for it we just no. say, hey, if you want to support us here, support us. There's a link in the description. Other than that, <laughs> whatever, right? And other than the fact that you get named a shitlord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that label will apply, folks, but you will have earned it. Yes. Um, but that's that's what we do. You know, we, you know, we do it. We do it differently. We do it in a different con- context because we found the problems with the other ones. If you find problems with the things that you have, find a fucking solution and build it. Become what you want to be. Like I was looking for replacements of the desk because the desk that I have, it's getting older. It's 
fucking heavy. It's gigantic. It's older. I, 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 I'm, I'm past it. I've had it for about 10 years now. I'm just, you know, I want to get rid of it. There were some items about it that I liked, but there was a lot of items that I didn't like. I still want an L desk, right? I decided I'm not going to go out and buy a desk. I'm going to build a desk. So I went out and I bought all the stuff that I need to cut wood, design, and build a desk. Build your shit. Take care of your own car. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, fucking learn. And they're like, now, oh, there well, are a that- lot of stuff. Okay. Where I need to go buy a machine to do it. Right. The way cars are. Okay, fine. You can get an OBD two scanner that'll liaise with your iPhone. I got one that goes to my phone in my Jeep right now. I've yeah. even got a check engine light right on, by the way, it's bank to misfire. Um, I got to get that fixed. <laughs> it's like either bad coil, bad plug, I or think maybe bad injector. <laughs> yeah. I, it might be a bad coil. Um, uh, I, I did some, I did some injector cleaner. The injectors are not, are not even that, that bad. Let me pull them out and their, their tips are clear and stuff. And when I pulled out the plug and the plug was fine, I was like, fuck, cool. fuck. That's a hundred bucks at least, depending on the manufacturer and a small, everything's more expensive nowadays because everything's hard to get right in supply chain issues. I was like, yeah, it's like, okay, well the coil, okay. Unhook the battery, unhook unbolt the coil unhook it from its thing from its plug in the new coil mount it and just reverse the process yes and and ladies and gentlemen do easily youtube is one of the greatest things that has ever existed thank you youtube builders and now thank you google for continuing it but youtube as annoying as that fucking platform is and we are never going to use it that it is the greatest tool for that because people want to share that information. So sharing information of how to's YouTube is where you go. I've upgraded the headlights on my Corvette. I've upgraded the seats in my Corvette. I upgraded the shift knob. I upgraded the stereo, all the stuff I did myself. Thanks to YouTube videos, YouTube, how to stuff. I'm like, Oh, okay. You got to undo these, this bolt here, here, and here. This is how you get the center console off. So you can get to the stereo. I was like, oh, okay. And by the way, you know, here's how you do the shifter and everything. Cause Hey, I did it. And here's a video on how, and I was like, oh yeah. And same thing with, you know, doing the headlights. It's like, Hey, I've got led projector headlights in the Corvette now that pop up. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've modernized a 20 year old car. I was like, cool. And all this shit was thanks to stuff that I saw on YouTube. Then there's people like, like me, who's an engineer, right? I'll take that shit apart and figure out how it's done by myself. Fuck it. It's how I built computers in the first place back in the nineties. Yep. You know, and then I build computers. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry. I haven't built your computer yet. I'm sorry. I'll get to you. Anyway. Don't worry about it. It's uh, like, hey, the money doesn't get here until next month anyway. So. Right. Yeah. So no worries. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I Again, forgot the other day. Like, I just, it was like, yeah. It's like, we'll get to that, folks. It's like, yeah. So I, I, I you know, it, <sighs> build it your own goddamn self. Yeah. Because fucking it's seriously. You don't know how to build something out of wood, build something small. Yeah. Grow, go to Lowe's, get a two before, bring it home. They're not cheap now. So, <laughs> oh, they're $9. <laughs> oh, they're back to be, lumber's Fine. back to being cheap again. Yeah. Or ash. I got our white, you know, I just got some white ash, right? Okay. And it was $9 for a 16 foot two by two four. before. No problem. No problem. Go to Lowe's, get a two before, bring it home. Even just start out with a freaking hacksaw. Yeah. I don't care. Or a, They're yeah. five or, bucks. Or, or, or a wood saw, a standard, you know, standard, standard wood saw, saw, yeah. Five bucks. 
So $9 for a giant piece of wood, $5 for a saw, get a tape measure and a pencil, make something, mm-hmm. even just glue it. Don't even use screws. Don't use a drill. Just glue or it. Or hammer and nails or whatever you're going to do. It's like, no. Just, just glue it. Build a box. It may not be the strongest thing in the world if you glue it. It may not right. hold that much weight. But still, it's the idea. Okay, here's how this goes together, and here's how the process works. Do some learning. Here you go. Build a box. Yeah. No top. Just a, a box with no lid. A box. A box. And that'll be where you throw your keys. On yeah. your desk, you empty out your pockets into this box. Just build a fucking box. It is the easiest math that you know how to do. Your six-year-old can do the math. Get the math this, done by this, by this, and cut it with that saw. You want to get you want to get special with it. Get some sandpaper. Make it nice and sanded and smooth. Smooth. Get the splinters out of it. That's it. And then Learn. Yeah, then maybe stain it or. <clears throat> yeah. Finish it with something else. You know, it was like seal it maybe. Hey, by the way, you put a good sealer on there. It's waterproof. You can get this thing you can get this thing wet and it won't, and it won't hurt anything. And you can build something you put out on your deck or on your front porch. Build a small thing for flowers. Build your own little flower box or something. And those are awesome. It's just a big yeah. fucking rectangle. Yeah. And maybe drill a hole or two in the bottom so water can drain out. And easy, folks. And then, okay, you put dirt. And the buds of the flowers or whatever it is you're going to plant. You're going to grow some basil or some rosemary or whatever. Or some weed. Or weed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, folks. You can grow stuff. I'm like, All right. Fine. It's easy to do. How you doing? Just, <laughs> just get out there and, 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 and take some initiative. And Learn, I promise you. If, if you're not sure, ask. There are plenty of resources out there that will give you plenty of useful intel on how to do this useful instruction often for free. If anything, you're paying them by complete proxy. You know, those ads that we get pissed off about that's paying them fractions of cents a piece. Yeah. But when you have 12 million people watch your video, those fractions of cents add up. And eventually you get to the point where, okay, screw YouTube's ad money. I'll get a sponsor. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you got to sit through my, you know, 60 second sponsor plug or whatever, but fine. If it enables me to continue making these high quality, well made, very informative videos, great, fine. Like uh, uh, Linus, Linus Tech, Linus Tech. This guy has been, and every one of us fellow IT guys know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. This guy has been doing reviews <clears throat> on electronic equipment, computers, processors, memory builds cases he's done full builds in the shortest amount of time you know all kinds of different things as far as tech is concerned and then he's also talking about new technology comes out now he's with those those same people he's with the the sponsors right um squarespace did one for him for a long time stuff like that and he he now gets new technology before it's released to the general public to do a review and show because he's going to be dead straight fucking honest and people that want somebody with that honesty give their product to him for him to try out and to either a sell it like a boss because he brought he went and put it through its paces and he was like hey it was pretty good it was pretty good for the price yeah it's all right or they gave him this fucking it was like an 8k tv and he puts this 8k tv up after he redesigned his basement or redesigned his living room or whatever it was he put it up and as soon as he turned it on, he started finding dead pixels and he's like, 
what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And these weren't dead pixels like lost light pixels. These were cross light pixels. These were green. Bright fucking green. So you could see them. <laughs> it's not like my TV upstairs right now. It's got a billion lines and then they're just dead lines. It's a big green pixel in the middle of your blue background. You know, it's like your shirt and my shirt, red and blue, you know, red and, and green. You know, you can see me like a boss. You could hide in whatever you're doing. You know, you are the red shirt, though. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that subject. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Next break. Anyway. Um, so le- the when you first do it, when you first learn whatever it is or when you build whatever it is, you'll be hooked. You only have to do it once. I mended something. Yes. <laughs> After well, I forget what I built, and I said that I even said that to our group chat. I mended something. <laughs> I mended it. I didn't just smack it with a spanner. <laughs> I didn't just beat it with a hammer. I fixed it. I'm gonna fix other things. What else? <laughs> it's dude. It, it, it's cathartic yeah. as fuck. Seriously, you build something and you're like, dude, like I built a Faraday box. Uh, for my keys, you know, cause that's actually one of the best stealing things that people do is they'll run around with a, a repeater, right? They'll go up near your house to this repeater and this repeater will pick up the RF signal from your keys that emanates all the time. It'll kick it and then boost the shit out of it. Now you've got a controller that is connected to your box, that repeater, and you're just walking around unlocking cars based on what it picks up. So if your keys are sitting in the bucket, you know, at the front door or whatever, somebody can walk up near your front door, not even like crazy near it, just near enough to it. Yeah. Boost the signal. They've got a key fob that's sitting right next to your car. Unlock the car, get in, power the car and leave. Or just get into it, rifle through it and steal the shit that you're a dumb fucking cunt face bitch for leaving in there like all the people that are like oh my gun was stolen oh where was it it was in my unlocked car sitting in front of my house at two o'clock in the morning it was in my locked car but somebody unlocked it <laughs> oh no yeah that, here, that almost happened the, to me the rash here is people fucking uh leaving their cars unlocked and their guns are in the car i left my car i left a gun in the car locked and somebody broke in and missed the gun yeah yeah, lucky. I, I had a SIG 220, a 45 automatic in its holster in my center console in my old Intrepid, parked in my parents' driveway. Mm-hmm. And somebody literally pried the passenger front window out of the thing, did not set the alarm off. And, as, and because of the tinting, it managed to hold it all in one piece. So they managed to, even though it was shattered, it held in one piece. They set it down on the thing and they took my empty laptop bag out of the pass out of the front passenger seat. Yeah. Which was which hilarious. All it had in it was copies of my resume. Cause I just gone to a job fair a couple weeks earlier. <laughs> so this dude misses a loaded 45 caliber pistol and grabs an empty $10 laptop bag. I'm just sitting here going, okay, note self, even in the nice neighborhood where mom and dad's house is, nothing is safe in your driveway. don't leave anything in your car that's important or valuable and this is this is my law enforcement background right portal to portal you go in your house you bring your gun in you put it away Mm -hmm. you leave the house you carry your gun with you put it in the car with you or on your hip more you know required but if you can't wear it into whatever you're going yes in your car with you and then when you get back home 
take it with you inside, just like you do with your keys. Back through the portal. Portal to portal. And I don't give a fuck what kind of gun it is. I put my rifle in my gun rack inside. No. Portal to portal. Stop being a cunt. House is more secure than a car. Especially if it's like something gets visible. It was like, oh yeah, I put the gun rack in the back of your pickup, so it's easy to spot. And yeah. Like, hey, this I need is a gun. I There's one right into. there. Smash and takes gun. No, don't. God damn, don't do that dumb shit. It's like yeah, I learned that shit when I was 24, and it's like made that mistake, got away with it. Not gonna make it again. Like uh, the other day, I forget where I was going. Uh, I was at some store or something like that. And I was wearing my, my bicycle shorts, you know, or my you know exercise shorts. So I couldn't really carry because they don't have even tied all the way up as tight as I can make them. They don't have enough oomph to carry a retention a, to carry the extra weight of a. Yeah. Of Unless a it's like a, like a P380 or something yeah. like, like a Keltec little tiny light as fuck. Thing. Well, even if I carried my uh, my uh, uh, my Smith and Wesson, my, my shield. I'm talking something smaller than a shield. Oh, like no, I could carry the shield. Like an, I can carry okay. my 40 shield. On it, as long as you're a single stack, I can carry it on it because it's you know it's enough. But I can't load. I can't you know carry my you know full loaded seventeen plus one Glock nineteen. <laughs> work like that. That's a bit it's too substantial. Little, for little heavy. <laughs> little little heavy. But anyway, so I leave in the car, right? You know, not in sight, and not in a normal place like underneath the feet or something. You know, that the biggest thing is people leave this kind of things in sight or evidence of that thing so people leave cash sitting there you're a dumbass because they see the cash Ooh, cash smash window grab cash leave you're not going to catch them um but then they'll leave like your extra magazine oh yeah i always carry my extra magazine well there's there's two nine millimeter magazines sitting in there well there must be a gun in there probably a gun i'm gonna smash through the window and try to find the gun away if anything, I, that gun that I stole the other day with the nine millimeter, I got I got more mags for it, or at least more bullets. They're gonna smash your window. They're gonna steal your shit. Don't do dumb shit. Don't do dumb shit. I hate people. My disdain for human life actually got worse in my time in in uh, in law enforcement. Both in Florida and as a dispatcher. It actually even got worse as a dispatcher up here. Because dispatching's hard. If you're a dispatcher, I love you. I'll give you a goddamn hug. You are awesome. That That's the real first responder. Like, that's the first first responder in any situation ever. You know, unless the officer or the the fire guy, you know, the, 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 you know, ambulance is just driving back from McDonald's or something like that. And an accident happens in front of him. Oh, awesome. You know, we're here. We can already help. Not awesome, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're already here. We can already help. You know, cop sees something, pull, you know, pull him up or whatever. 911 call that that dispatcher on the other side is taking that call. That's the first person. And unfortunately for those people, you get three things that happen. One. You can't help. And you're on the phone with somebody who you're pretty sure you're talking to them for their last time. Medical, fire, you know, violence, you know, whatever it is. You may be talking to them for the last time in their life. You're you're the last voice that they are going to hear. They get into a bad car accident and get the call off or the car automatically calls, you know, 911. We pick up 
and you're talking to that person hang on you know we got your location you know we're, we're on our way you know stay with me and tell me about yourself tell me your, you may be talking to that person until their breath stops like i took a call in in frederick county with a fire right house fire the neighbor actually called it in right like hey you know this this house is on fire you know okay address and stuff like that and you see sees flames and so i tone it out and i get you know the army going that way and he goes i, I don't think there's anybody in there you know, i don't see their cars or anything like that i was like, all right we'll just make sure you stay away from the house you know blah blah, blah. and we hang up the phone and the departments are heading that way well the departments get there and um they they go in you know they say you know we see uh visible flames on side alpha bravo and charlie um front right back and you know they go in they make entry got their water all set up you know start doing entry well they were entried in there for two maybe three minutes and they called for a medic and they said that they found a, a, a female um, uh, adolescent victim patient and i'm like oh fuck then they go back in and they find another adolescent victim and then they go back in and they find a third this is the elderly female victim grandma and both grandkids and they were both gone and i couldn't like i here i am talking to the guy on the phone he saw flames and I had to make sure that he and all of his neighbors stayed the fuck away from the house. Cause if they go in and try to see if anybody's in there and they die from smoke inhalation or fire burns or, you know, beam falls on their head or, you know, whatever, keep them away from the house. But then you start questioning yourself. Like, Oh, if I hadn't said that, would they have dove in there and been able to rescue the little kids? Or what if I toned it out just a little faster or, you know, you start questioning yourself and some people don't question themselves anymore because they've been through that situation 30 times, 35 times. But the cool thing is about the, the, um, the County that I worked for is they knew that after it was done, everyone involved should go to a, a counseling session. So we actually went to one of the stations, the station that I toned out for it. And we all went there and there was like 15 of us, I think, sitting around in a circle and just talking about the situation, talking about what we went through. I was training. It was one of my first calls that I took as a, as a dispatcher. One of the first 911 calls I took. So here we are going round robin around, you know, it was like kind of being on the 12 step program, uh, talking about, you know, what each one of us did. And then the guy that actually found the first kid, the firefighter that was, that was there for the first kid, he was there, but the guy that found the second kid wasn't there. And it wasn't because he decided not to be there. It was because he needed to be elsewhere, like hospital elsewhere, like being checked out elsewhere. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it did, it, it fucked us all up. It fucked us all up for a while. And that's when I realized, fuck, man, I've been on the other side of the radio. And I've gotten the call and I'm in mission mode. Have I showed up to that mission? Have I shown up to the, to the field and, and found it where I couldn't do anything and 
here I am responding to a situation that I just need to assist in the cleanup kind of a situation. Yeah. But I, I floored it and I got that 350 revved up to 6,000 RPM and I'm flying down the road and lights and, you know, sirens and shit. And I tried and I was there to help the situation finalize, right? As a dispatcher, you can't do that. As a dispatcher, you're there to send the army and pray. And the fact that there's people out there that do that still, and they do it every day, all day, the true first responders love you guys. Seriously. I've done what you've done and it sucks. (laughs) Now, do you also get comedy? Absolutely. I've been on the other side of the radio, right? I haven't dealt with this before where somebody calls the police station and says, Hey, my name is this. I'm wondering if I have any warrants out for me. (laughs) That was my reaction right there. The very first time (laughs) I got that call, I was like, Oh no. By the way, the right answer to that call is, uh, I, I, I can't give that information over the phone, but if you come down to the station and ask the person at the front desk, they'll be able to tell you right away. Do you well, know how many people have failed some sheriff's that? department is like, they have like a whole bunch of weed or whatever. Somebody's like, yeah, it's like, if you want to come claim your property or something, <laughs> we're trying to get in touch with the proper owners of this property. I'm sitting here going, you, you know, at some point, some idiot has actually fallen for that oh yeah the dude that i talked to on the phone the first time i had that he said you know i told him he had to come down and 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 you know find out for himself and he came down and sure enough he had one um and they had to they just had to book him and then release him because it was just you know it's like really basic one um book him release him and give him a court date and stuff so but it was really fucking hilarious like i thought it was going to be one where like the dude was like uh you know, oh yeah, hell no, I'm not coming in there. Or if he did come in there, they came in and said, you know, I want to know if I have any warrants. And then they're like all rushed out because he was wanted for some like crazy murder or some shit. <laughs> or do I have any warrants? Oh, you got a very big one, dude. My favorite call when I was in Daytona, we pulled oh, the sergeant pulled over a guy who was riding his bicycle with no headlight, illegal in Daytona Beach. Right, pulled him over guy wasn't giving proper identification wouldn't even give his name and birthday we can look it up at ncic didn't want to give any of his information or he kept giving wrong information now you do that that is a charge ladies and gentlemen if you provide incorrect information that is an actual charge that thing can then charge you with well i finally get the information on this guy because i'm talking to him through the window why while my sergeant and my partner was a, a, a corporal we're over there just talking and I'm standing near the car and the guy goes, Hey man. I'm like, yeah, what's up dude? And he goes, I think I should just tell him what, you know, what my name is. I was like, yes, you should tell us what your name is. We're going to find out anyway, especially cause it seems like you may not want us to know. So when we fingerprint we you, you, we're going to find out, we're going to find out. <laughs> and if you tell us and it becomes a surrender, it looks really good. He goes, hi man he tells me his name and his dob and i go and i you know we run it and sure enough he's got a felony murder extraditable from jersey city so damn yeah so he's already you know he's been searched and patted he's you know sitting in the car so he was like all right so we drive him over to the station you know get him out you know put him out there and he goes man can i have a cigarette before i leave and i looked at my partner and corporal and i said he goes, why? I was like, dude, it could be 
a couple of months before he gets one again? He goes, yeah, one last one. This is true. I was like, yeah. And we gave him, he had noopies, gave him one of his noopies right before we took him into the building. And then of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you pick up somebody that you have to arrest, especially an extraditable or a felony or something like that, that shit sucks because you are off the road for hours doing paperwork and sending this person to that person, then filling out the report and then doing this and then doing that and then cleaning off your shit. And, you know, depending on what it was, like if you had any evidence or anything, now you have to evidence lock up and that's in two different buildings, <laughs> you know, often, you know, at a larger station, it's two different buildings. It, it can suck. So that's why they get kind of heated. If you make them have to arrest you yeah. and take you in, they get heated because now you just took them off the road for like four hours. Fuck you. Wait, what was the joke that Chris Rock said? If the cops have to come get you, they're bringing an ass whooping with them. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you make the cops come and get you. <laughs> I it also working, working dispatch. I didn't realize how many people actually do turn themselves in. Hmm. It's it, it was, it's a surprising number. Like, not just that guy who called and asked if we had any warrants for him and I had to give him the spiel, right? I had people that actually just showed up at the front door and said, you know, hey, you know, I know that this is probably out for me. And well, one guy, one girl came in from a meth thing mm-hmm. and she came in and said something to the officer at the front door and she just kind of turned around and put her hands behind her back. He wasn't even out the door yet. Like, he was like. Okay, stands up, walks out the door. He was our sergeant. I won't say his name because it's it, it is hilarious that we mess with him all the time. Um, you know, we walk over. You know, he walks out the door and puts handcuffs on her, and another officer comes out and they walk her away. And it was like, I, I really want to know what just happened. Now, <laughs> never found out. Never found out what the actual like like the transcript basically of whatever it was. I never found out, but I did hear that she came in and be like, yeah, I'm going to turn myself in for this. I'm pretty sure you guys are looking for me. And she just turned around and put her hands behind her back. She even did it right. Palms. Oh, okay. Well, it's, yeah. The, the palms. So you can see what I've got. The I'm, top. Not, I'm not, yeah, no, well, uh, the palm, the, the put your hands behind your back, but put the tops of your hands together Yeah, and your thumbs up like that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the easiest way and it's the most comfortable for you when you're in handcuffs. Sounds like she'd been there once or twice. It was not her first rodeo. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, and I'm watching this all on the camera. We have, you know, the front desk cameras are sitting right next to us. You can flip through them or whatever. And flipped it to the camera and just kind of sitting there watching. This is hilarious. Like this is the greatest TV <laughs> ever. I wonder what's going to happen on season two. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was awesome real life is crazier than anything hollywood can come up with folks Fuck yes <laughs> one of these i love watching like cops and live pd and all that stuff I'm sitting here going, yeah true stuff maybe that's the only thing is if you want to if you want a wild story forget fiction pick up a history book absolutely because <laughs> the problem real is life that can be 10 times more entertaining you're like how yeah this really happened and people are always like oh well i love this uh this um um uh this reality show a reality tv show is nine nine point nine 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 times out of ten fake made up scripted ass bullshit all those like you know survivor doesn't you know all that shit all of that's fake okay cops cops was real 
<laughs> not fake. Not scripted. <laughs> That's why some episodes are boring as fuck. Yes. Because 99% of your job as a law enforcement officer is boring as fuck. Yeah. You pull over some asshole because he's speeding and you go up and you basically think the entire time you're a fucking asshole. Give me your license and your registration and, you know, and proof of insurance or whatever. You go fill out your information. You bring him back a ticket and you say, stop being a dick. Go away. And you're done in, in five minutes or 10 minutes or four hours, depending on how ugly it gets. But anyway, <laughs> like, like, yeah, I need like backup. <laughs> homie, homie that I dealt with. Oh, my God. I pulled him over. And he, he, I mean, I got a contact high as soon as he rolled down the window. I mean, he was straight yeah. hot boxing that motherfucker. And I, he rolled down the window. The route. I want to like, be Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tapped on the window. I was like, he just rolls it down. And I'm like, okay, can you pull right over there? I thought him get him off the radio, off the road and into this little parking lot. And then I, you know, driver, can you step out for me? And he was cool. He just got out the car. He walked over to me, and what I was doing is I wasn't walking him to the back of his car and, you know, like putting, you know, patting him down or anything like that. I was just, I pulled him out of the car, and I went and I said, you smell what I smell, don't you? He goes. <laughs> we both know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, and this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is community policing, okay? This is how you community police. Don't be a dick. You will make good friends. People that will help you later overlook some of the bad shit it'll straighten them out and now you have help okay and case in point this dude i'm like <laughs> bro <laughs> so i said all right is there any left in the car he goes no i was like you smoke it all he goes yeah <laughs> and he was lit up dude <laughs> Bro is lit. Eyes up. redder than my effing shirt right here. Fuck folks. yeah. Oh man. He just had the <laughs> rosy eyes going on. And I said, All right. Well, it's not there. And I don't want to ring you up. You stopped. You gave me all your information. You were polite. Everything was cool. <sighs> to be completely honest with you, dude. And this is between you and me. That's why I pulled you away from the car because I don't want your friends to hear this. Between you and me, I don't care. The shits I give are less than zero. I've divided by zero by the shits that I give. Okay? Just don't let me smell it. Don't speed. Don't do dumb shit. And I won't pull you over in the first place. But if you're going to hotbox your car, get on 95, roll all four windows down, do 70 miles an hour, that way by one exit turn around come back one exit at 70 miles an hour with all four windows down get off this exit and then come here because then i'm probably not going to smell it or if i smell it i'm going to smell a tinge of it and i'm not going to care it's not going to be the oh yeah i'm literally smoke cloud of smoke rolling out the fucking window as soon as you roll it down my sarge is going to see me later and ask if i was chiefing <laughs> It's not going to be a good conversation. Don't dump your bong out the window on the fucking freeway. There you go. Right? PSA. PSA from the porch factor. Don't dump yeah. your bong don't and don't hot box your, your out shit. The window on the highway. Yes. <laughs> In 36 years, I've never seen that. I was like, okay. Like, what did he just dump? Oh, a bong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it is unmistakably a bong. It was out the window. He's hanging out the window there. I'm like, 
when you see a a, 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 a half-cut soda bottle sitting in top of a, a a larger bucket type of thing, that is called a GB. Mm-hmm. That is a gravity. This was a glass barn. This is like a nice. Oh this shit! Is like, yeah, yeah, one of the tall boys. Glass. Like, right? This is yeah. It's this thing was a good you know foot and a half tall, and he, he's dumping it out the <laughs> he's dumping it out the window, and I'm just going. I'm like, this is very clearly a, a blown glass, nice one, not some improvised thing. Oh, no, no, no. He, he, this is a proper bong. So uh, a GB or a gravity bong is generally made very quickly. And it is a, uh, a half cut soda bottle inside of a larger vessel in, in water. Okay. Basically, it creates a little vacuum. You suck the vacuum. It breathes air through your you know stuff that you put in the, the cap. Whatever it is you're smoking. And then you pull the cap off and then you breathe in as you go down on it. It looks like you're giving a blow job. (laughs) I don't know who came up with this shit, but I'm like, you necessity was the mother of invention. I'm thinking you like sucking D (laughs) you get your lips up like you're S and a D and breathe in linger longer folks linger longer and uh and breathe in breathe deep (laughs) first time i saw it i was like all right i'm leaving (laughs) like oh you don't like weed i was like no i don't like you (laughs) i don't don't like it that much (laughs) (laughs) and after that gb conversation everybody hang on we'll be back for the last one it's uh the porch factor on 7600 833-441-2220. We'll be right back. If you haven't already, please make sure you like and share all of this goodness. We will make sexy time together. Everything you say to me Takes me one step closer to the edge I'm a breath of breath 
7600. The Squawk. Oh, hell yeah! What up, scrippers and all you crackers? Welcome back to the show, Porch Factory, 7600thesquawk.com. Don't forget 833-441-2220. That's 833-441-2220. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you can call that number anyway. And you can leave a voicemail. And when you leave a voicemail, we might play the voicemail on the show if you're a douchebag. Especially if you're a douchebag. <laughs> or like material, folks. Exactly. Or you can call live and you can talk to us while we're on the air. 833-441-2220. Welcome back to the show. The final air break of the show. So we have discussed on this show a lot. I'm going to finish my fucking statement and we're not going to get sidetracked so that we can move on to the next thing. Okay. Hey, well, we've been at it for two hours now. Exactly. <laughs> what I was going to say. Back to my promo. Let me finish the freaking promo. Um, so basically, yes, I did all those things and, and I loved those things, but I realized that I couldn't do them and I got rid of them early and I went back into something that I knew I loved so that I would be happy going forward. My whole point of this, though, is do what you love, but also follow the movie robots line. See a need, fill a need. If you see a need... Like, oh, we need more pilots. And you love being a pilot. You love flying. Go be a pilot. Can't quite make it a pilot because you didn't really like it when you got to get out early. Go do something else. Find another need. Fill a need. Build something. Mend something on your own. Because you may find that that right there is going to make you so fucking happy. And here's the thing. You make something, you can live anywhere in the whole country because pretty much the entire country is accessible by delivery services that can get you the materials you that you use or you need you can live in the smallest podunk town and get wood and nails and hammers and metal and metal whatever if you're using woodworking (laughs) welding whatever whatever it is if you make it You can get the materials that you need and you can live anywhere. So you want to build a desk like I'm building right now. I'm building an L desk. I'm using very good quality wood and I've got it with like built in, you know, power and cable management sections and all kinds of cool, you know, drilled in the holes for the cables to go through it. And I'll send you, I'll I'll take a picture, you know, when I'm done with it and we'll use it on the show. But I'm building it myself because to buy this fucking thing would be about $2,000. And I can build it for about 500. Yeah. So I spent the 500 and now I'm having fun building it. So I saved $1,500, still got what I wanted, even made some enhancements to it. And I'm going to be much happier. Build it on your own goddamn self. You will be very fucking happy. Fix your own car. Now you know how your car works. 
Fix your own computer. Now you know how your computer works. You don't always have to. Now people get mad at me. Oh, you're taking the livelihood away from this. No, there's going to be always tons of people that want somebody else to do it for them. But the people that complain, fuck you. Go do it on your own goddamn self. And you'll be much happier as a person. You won't be such a cunt. There's my statement. Go do it your own goddamn self. See a need, fill a need. I can't even trademark it because it was no. trademarked already by a movie. Anyway, <laughs> go watch Robots. It's a great movie. <laughs> anyway, so Drew, you live in SVT land. Mm. I want my SVT. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I got my SVT. Yes. And it is sexy. The amp rig that I've wanted for a decade now. I have finally made it happen. And that's the ported 412, right? Uh, 410. 410. Okay. Yeah. Damn it, yeah. I, was, I just realized it's been so long since I've played bass. I'm out of nine volt batteries. My my tuner pedal was dead. <laughs> As you can look at, if you look at the bottom there, if you notice, it's yep. not closed. <laughs> yep. Yep, I yep. had to unplug the thing because I realized, oh, wait a minute. The 9-volt is dead ski. <laughs> Do you have and active I don't have a power? I don't have a pedal power setup because it was that uh, and my Sansamp were the only pedals I ever use. Oh, Sansamps are so use. good. And Sansamp, by the way, this thing, heavy as it is, is the OG of what the Sansamp wants to be. That is correct. <laughs> that is very correct. The, the Sansamp is the poor man's with a bad back version (laughs) of this rig. But every audio engineer that is listening right now, just like me, you all know that sans amps are fucking excellent. Honestly, run a sans amp into a real SVT and you, you you make it easy. How does he do make an SVT rig sound better? Run a sans amp into the front end of it. It works. So uh, I don't intend to sell the Sans amp, folks. I'm had, hanging on to that pedal. I, I had I one can... guy come into the studio. And, you know, the preamps on my rig are very good. Um, so you can just plug your instrument in directly in, and we can use modeling. We can you know do whatever you want. If you have a Sans amp, you're bringing the fucking Sans amp, and you're putting it here on my desk, and you're playing through that. We can reamp. Sans come in many forms. That's the one they got pedals. They come in rack mount. Yes. Getty Lee, actually from Rush, has been using a Sans amp. I think it was originally an RBI, and then eventually he moved over to the RPM, which was the parametric equalizer version of the, the Sans amp. And that was the cornerstone of his bass rig for the last 20 years. Since, yeah, he realized, hey, you know what? Yeah, I they don't aren't need giant young. cabs on stage, and I can cut way down on the stage volume. Just running DIs. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, oh, and then after that, we get rid of the wedge monitors and go to in-ears. Yep. And holy crap, we've cut down so much on the, the... Again, folks, 25 years ago, first concert I ever went to was Rush. My ears were ringing for the next three days. <laughs> I took Dad to go see Rush eight years ago. And holy crap, I was sitting there going, I can barely hear these dudes. <laughs> it was like... And it wasn't because my hearing's bad. I was like, the volume was so much lower. And it was the same kind of venue. It was uh, it was uh, the the hockey venue in uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Sunrise. It's where the Florida Panthers play, mm-hmm. and it's the same exact sort of venue as the Summit in Houston, where I saw them the first time. And it was so much quieter and cleaner. Yes, because it was just oh, 
assaulting me because it was my first rock concert. And I'm like, my God, I've never had volume like this in my life except at a racetrack. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, even... we're on the, and, we're, and we had floor seats for that first gig. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I think 15 rows back straight out from Getty. And I'm just like, ah, sweet rock on and noise. And a couple of his friends, my dad's friends from the office had seats up on the side, which effectively was with the same place where the seat, except on, you know, other side of the stage, but so the seats that he and I had for the one in Florida. So like midway, like they had the halftime point on the show and we switched seats for a few songs. So we went up there and, you know, checked out the staff and it was, it was different. It wasn't oh, yeah. as much in your face because you're not you know, the speakers are named right at your ass. Yep. Well, <laughs> thankfully, where you were, you you get it in three different ways, four different ways. Well, uh, back then when there was you know um, lots of stage volume, lots of wedge up there, you know, and and side fills and stuff like that. You've got an entire row of twenty or thirty subwoofers underneath the stage, pointed right at your balls. It's low frequencies, maybe omnidirectional. But they're still cannons. Okay. Anyway, then you also have front fills, which are the speakers that sit on the stage, like right on the front of the stage, but they're pointed at you and they're usually small. They're usually like this wide and they just sit on the stage and that's to fill the front because the line arrays that are hanging in the big, you know, uh, uh, Curve. Yeah, big kind of horseshoe kind of things. This is a yep. series of wedges all strung together, and they're de- they're set at different power levels. So the ones that are down on the bottom of the little you know the little crescent, those are set in near field, so they're not as throwy. <laughs> they have less dynamic you know push, and then as they go up, their settings change to where these up here these are long throw. So they can they get projection for those high and mid frequencies to reach to the back. Now in those big amphitheater type places, there's usually another section of just front fills, essentially larger, more wider range front fills that are the second level. And what they're designed to do is because of the time delay, especially in an outdoor venue, the time they were, delay. They were indoor venues in these cases, both right. of these work. Yeah, hockey, but, hockey arenas so and yeah. that's you don't you don't have these then for the satellite the second zone you don't have those in in those kind of places but in like the outdoor venue like our nissan pavilion which is now jiffy lube live but on the joint over in tampa where i saw them yeah uh yeah yep. it, it's uh right next to the state fairgrounds or whatever yeah yeah in florida yeah all those outdoor amphitheater those big boys you know and most of it's covered and then there's lawn seats or whatever the lawn seats generally have speakers right in front of them on the edge of the pavilion. And those are because of time delay. Because the further you get back, remember time sound takes a second or it is as, as much slower than light. It takes a, not a minute, but no. <laughs> it, yeah, it takes a finite amount of time to reach you from where the source is. That 300 millisecond delay is very noticeable. So you'd actually get, uh, like two and a half hits you know, sitting back there, like you'll get the prominent hit is the one from the speakers right above you. So you can, you know, a guy hits on the snare drum, you see the snare drum and instantaneously you hear snare drum, but then you also hear another snare drum hit you. So it's papa, 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 you know, it's, it's a very strange sound, um, but it's much better than pop. Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. And you're cheering 
later, and that's called the Doppler effect. Yeah. Test this out, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to a concert or go to any uh, sporting venue, go to a football game. You go to a football game and everybody starts, you know, clapping or chanting something, you know, let's go, whatever, Broncos, right? Let's go, Broncos, let's go, Brandon. You start cheering, (laughs) let's go, Brandon. And on this side of the horseshoe, you've got let's go, Brandon. Everybody here saying it at the same time. And that effect goes all the way around. But you hear, let's go, Brandon, let's go, Brandon, let's go, Brandon, let's go, Brandon. Even though you sound like you're in the same, it's the Doppler effect of the time delay between what you hear and how it gets around. So you'll hear it like at the uh, WWE, right? Somebody will go, um, <laughs> we're doing um, uh, uh, insert random one here. You know, um, uh, this is awesome, right? They always do, you know, some good, good, good match going yeah. on. This is awesome. I, I think this they might have even done awesome. that in the one we saw them in Jacksonville, yeah. or, or maybe it was one in uh, in DC where we were up in the the, the skybox. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but those all of those ones that you hear, even the ones you join into, right? You know, uh, Kurt Angle came out. You know, dun 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 dun. You know, from the song, and then it was replaced by "You suck, you suck," and then he loved it, so it kept going forever. But Doppler effect on that was terrible. Um, when the music went off, when the music was on and the music is coming from a 360 degree realm above the, 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 the ring, it's reaching everybody about the same time. So when you, when the you sucks come out, it's all 10,000 people sitting there saying you suck at the same time. And it hits at the it's same converging time. Converging in, yeah, where the microphone. Because it's a different is. kind of arrangement. Because the ring is at the center of the the venue, right? Versus say at a rock concert, you get a stage at one end, mm-hmm. and it propagates in not omnidirectional, or rather, it's yeah, it's a different kind of it's a different kind of dynamic. With yeah, a, yeah, the with fluid a, with dynamics of watching it is very interesting. By the way, because ladies and gentlemen, air exact it works exactly the same as water. That's why air to aerodynamics is the same as fluid hydrodynamics. Hydrodynamics. So, uh, like when you watch a a plane being, you know, it goes through some weather, right? And you see the wing vortices come out and then do the wrap thing all behind it. Without that smoke or that air or anything like that, you can hear it. The you hear as the plane goes by, you know, like 10 seconds after the plane has gone by, and you hear all that, you know, going through the air. Those are those wing vortices that you can see when they go through fog, a cloud or, or fog cloud, or, or they like have that, yeah. the streams coming off, you know, something like that. You see those. If things. it's very humid, you like right at the edge of the, the wing flaps, you'll get a nice solid vortex coming off the back of each one of those. Yes. But it's off the wing, uh, off the flap uh, rather than the wingtip. Yeah. Because usually the weight turbulence comes off the wingtips. It's like, no, okay, it's. This happens all the time if it's really humid. I see this all the time. It's it's most notable. Like if it's just rained, or if it is raining, it's like yeah. But it's, it's you know you see these really solid vortexes coming off the ends of the flaps. It's ooh, it's so cool. It's cool. We get to see. See that's like, a, that's see, the other thing. I see this every day at the office. Yes. I get to play it's, with yeah, new technology like every day. Find something you love and go do it. I was like, I was like, it, it, flying will try your patience, especially if you do it professionally. But, but every it's job, so much fun sometimes. Every job tests your patience. Yes, but I sometimes profe- it's so much fun. 
It does. Now that's where, like, if you find the the silver lining in it, that's that was what I was talking about. If yes. that silver lining keeps you going, like I love flying the simulators, right? Hell, I even have a three D setup now, and I just replaced all my flight hardware, and I got really hella good flight hardware now, and I love flying. And when I landed that goddamn A three nineteen the other day, or no, it was a it was a three twenty Neo. When I landed that fucker the other day. I hate Airbus so goddamn much, but I touched down and put in the A year from now, I'm going to be telling you how much I love Airbus. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> I'm either going to be playing an Airbus or a 737 a year from now. And it's like, it's, See, if they put you yeah. in a 73, I can even help you learn it. Yeah. But they put you in a 319, and I'm going to want to hate my life forever. Because fuck Airbus. I, honestly, I've talked to pilots you know, who've flown both and everything, and sitting there going, the work, the office on an Airbus is more pleasant because you've got less work to do. It's much more automated, more like the Embraer that I fly. Right. And the 737 is still a product of the 60s, really. They've they've kept updating a lot of things, but there's a lot of things they have not updated. You still have to babysit the hell out of every switch over your head. And, and we Versus the Airbus, you don't have to do that. And the Airbus is just, oh, yeah, by the way, you don't have a, a yoke in your lap, so you actually have a tray table. Yeah. So when it comes time to eat your lunch that you had to grab on the run from the barbecue joint two gates away, then it's like, oh, okay, we're climbing out. You know, we're going through you know eighteen thousand or whatever. It's like, okay, fine. We're we're finally getting high enough. Okay, the the workload's diminished enough to the point where it's safe for me to you know pull out the bag of barbecue sandwich or whatever it is you got and have lunch. You have a freaking tray table right in your lap where you want to go. You don't have to use the sunshade and move your seat all the way back and kind of like position it in between the yoke and your gut and just you have enough spot and then everything's tilted and everything no it's solid it's mounted to the airplane yes but a 737 is a pilot's aircraft true in many senses i mean, i've I talked to you guys who flew in the airbus and they absolutely adore the thing and it's like mm. once you make pe- once you smoke the peace pipe with the airplane once you really get to know the machine You'll love it. You know what? What what I've learned about go, like flying the Airbus and learning how to fly the Airbus. You know what I say? I'm never going to France. Fuck the French. <laughs> the most French oh, thing I'll t- the most French thing I will touch is something that we actually made, and they're called French fries. Fuck you. Which are actually Belgian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> made with Prades, which is why I love them, you know, because <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> I love Prades. Anyway. Drag a potato through South Boston on a string. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Be better with beer. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Coming out. <laughs> I do love how, like, his return thing, when they're, you know, after he was obviously gone, they did, you know, the, the hockey monologue thing and at the very end was like they finally brought that line back that they had cut out from the original movie <laughs> thanks for coming out <laughs> it's, it's so good drew it's been so long since i've seen the second one it's like i i have yeah it's it's i, I saw the first one a zillion times it's, I, it's been way too long since i've seen the second one drew mm-hmm. it's on plex i'll have to fix that again i've tried to log in and it's doing its usual thing where it doesn't seem to recognize that your server's online i'll work with you i think i noticed that okay. the other day too because i was on android auto um and it does have the plex app while you're stopped so it's available so you can watch movies and stuff through your phone on the on the android auto on the screen in the car so i was like all right pull it up and it said no uh, no data i'm like mm. 
pull out my phone. It's like, yeah, like, it's, 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 the server is not online for some reason. And, yeah. and that's the thing that I've been telling you. That's why I don't use it more often than I do is because half the time I go on and it's for some reason it doesn't think the server is online. All right. I'll take a look at it. Okay. But Drew. But that's, yeah. But yeah. Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Kirk has been to space, motherfuckers. Yeah. Captain Kirk. Yeah. Is now an astronaut. Captain Kirk has been to space. They Scotty's ashes him. have been to space. Captain Kirk's done it while still breathing. That motherfucker is 90 fucking years old. <laughs> he looks and acts like he's 60. Yes. The man, is, yeah. He hasn't aged since generations. No, you're you're absolutely right. He has like, yeah. Generation Star Trek Six, yeah, it's pretty much he's been there all through Boston Legal, which is the fun part. Was he was playing yeah. Denny Crane? He's like, you know what? I've done some great characters. Fuck it, I'm going to create another one. Yeah. <laughs> and some people even remember him as that only. They didn't even remember him as Kirk. And yeah. then all of us are was, like, oh look, Kirk's on this show. And they're like, who's Kirk? And I'm like, you're a, Kirk. yeah, you're a fuckboy. Shut up. Honestly, <laughs> like to be honest, okay, the first, the first, I think I'd seen the movies before I'd ever seen the TV show, so I always knew him as Admiral Kirk. Ah, okay. Yeah, because, okay, I think it was like Wrath of Khan on through like the next couple movies until they demoted him to captain. And it's like, but yeah, I was like, I remember the first movie I ever saw him in was he was Admiral Kirk. By the way, those those two drinks together were excellent. I'm a happy boy. Just two drinks. The margarita and that whiskey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Ron's enjoying himself, folks. A little heavier than. normal <laughs> anyway and i ate right before the show to you know to quell this right you know but it did not work anyway went to a great it went to a great place in arlington for lunch today it's called uh the airways burger uh burger grill airways burgers airways hamburger something like that it's a joint literally it's got nothing but planes and pictures and all kinds of stuff it's like two blocks from jerry world fuck yeah yeah and it was like it's, it's a whole in the kind of joint but is that yeah? It's one of the places you come to visit. I'm like we got to check that joint out. Got to show you Hard Aid Barbecue. Got to show you uh, if you've got if you've got money to burn. We're going to Chamberlain's or Lowry's. We're getting good steak. LOL, money to burn. LOL. <laughs> no, I mean by money to burn, I'm talking. Okay, you drop forty bucks on a steak. Oh no, that's fine then. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, forty to fifty bucks on a steak, especially a since my but worth it. Especially since my flight is you know taken care of. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, hey, bro, you ain't paying for the flight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your ass down here. We're going to a nice steak Break dinner. <laughs> I just don't want to wear my like wear a fucking mask for two and a half hours. Fuck you. Oh, God, I know. It's it's not a pleasant experience riding on airplanes right now. I Hell des- no. I despise flying deadheads. I would fly. I would drive to you <laughs> before I flew. Yeah. And my Jeep has the got issues right is now. Flying is free, and it's like yeah, the flying's free, and you'd rather pay. I would rather pay days. and take two days and it's stay a at a two, hotel. It's a solid two day drive from Dallas to DC. Yes, it's yeah, it is not a quick deal. So yeah, that's saying something. I'd rather do that than take a two hour free plane ride. Honestly, okay, as like okay, you get the damn paper mask that the like they'll hand you. And everything and it was like, okay, you can put up with that for two out, uh, two and a half hours. It's like, okay, it's the point where I'm like, all right, it, eh, it you, you do get used to it. It's like, it's just something you put up with for now. <laughs> yeah, no, until the day finally comes when we can 
ditch this shit. You know, I really find that freely and understanding what each other is saying. I never wear one anyway. The only time I wear one is when I'm getting paid to. Yeah, I wouldn't even do that. No, no, it's to the point where it's like, okay, it's 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 not enough of a deal breaker to the point where I'll mortgage my entire career because of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 12 years into this career now. and I'm doing fine. If that's the only thing that's stopping me, I'm like, you know, okay. I've put up with worse. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I haven't quit by now, this ain't gonna get me to quit. Well, that, me like several other millions of people uh, that were like, no, we're not flying. We're yeah, driver, whatever, you know, we're not flying. And the airlines like, fuck, we uh, we've lost forty percent of our revenue for almost two years now. So eventually, somebody's gonna push back and say, Uncle Sam, like, guys. <laughs> This 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 is hurting us. It's not it's not doing anything positive. All it's doing is killing our bottom line, right? And hurting the livelihood of the people we employ, right? Because we're gonna have to start firing people because we don't have the money to pay them. Correct. And now you want them all to get the Fauci ouchie, and they're gonna tell you to fuck off. And now we're gonna fire them too. There is massive pushback on that. Oh, like you heard my so rant good. last week, folks. Yes. <laughs> and it's gotten there, even there better been since then. There has significant pushback on multiple fronts on that one. Yes. There, there is progress being made in the right direction in favor of freedom. So, all is not lost. All is yet. not lost. Drew, yet. I did, however, with with uh, this thing about Kirk, uh, I did find probably the greatest picture to to describe all of this. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that was planned. Oh God. Wow. But think but about agree, that. It's two completely different angles, but still. But still. In wow. space, staring into space through a big window about the same size. And shape. And shape. Wow. And here he was like 25. And here he's like 90. Well, in 90 and back up 55 years was the first season of Star Trek, so 35. Yeah, he was already. Yeah, but he was already in his mid-30s when he started Star Trek. That's that's a wild thing when you think about it. He was our age when he started as Captain Kirk. Fucking Damn. insane. Dude, again, Dude. stuff that we take for granted is like, oh yeah, growing up, I, was like, I think Star Trek 6 came out when we were 6. And and then Generations is I think the first one I saw in theaters because I yeah, didn't start the theaters. I thought I saw it on video a couple year, a couple months later. Yeah, I think Generations but, is the first one I watched in theaters. I remember yeah, being in the theater I, seeing the 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 champagne bottle. I remember that vividly being in the movies with the champagne bottle going through. <laughs> I didn't know what Dom Perignon was. I was <laughs> nine at the time. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was like. I have, a bottle of, uh, I have an empty bottle of Tom Perignon sitting on top of my bookcase on the other end of the room here. When it finally hit the ship, I yeah. knew exactly what it was. Even at that age, I knew that you christen ships with, with yes. you know, smash a champagne smash bottle. A champagne bottle. Yeah. But I'd seen enough stuff on Discovery Channel. And oh, whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And you knew me. I was, a, I was a nerd about the Titanic since I was like five. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, that's how you christen the, the ship. Titanic. You smash a champagne bottle. So you christen a lot of stuff. I'm saying people do that for. All kinds of things. They were going to do it for the 747, and they realized, oh, wait a minute, we smash a champagne bottle against an aluminum airplane. That's probably not the best idea. 
<laughs> so yeah, we're we're gonna do something a little different. <laughs> well, they had a very pull lever and spray colored red, white, and blue water all over it. Well, they had uh, uh, BA. I don't know whether it was uh, their first seven four or something like that. They had the um, they had the queen christen it oh. as the queen of the skies. Um, okay. And they actually had Chris Elizabeth it, herself, Chris in the airplane, but not hit the plane. She hit this little like I, it was like some metal pole or something like that. They were on a gantry next to the plane, so hmm. hit that. I'm like, I don't know if that hit, has the hit same the effect. Gear. Love, I mean, that's the, <laughs> hit, hit the landing gear. That's there one of the few solid parts of the airplane. There you like, go. That would probably hold up. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. And well, hit the back of it because you don't want to hit the lights or anything. <laughs> Boeing, <laughs> can, can, can we validate this, please? <laughs> also, champagne bottles because they have to hold a pressurized liquid in there. It's carbonated. It has to be thicker than usual wine bottles. Yes. So they're a little more substantial. So when you smash a champagne bottle against the hull of a ship, that's plate steel. Yes. Or iron, whatever particular version we're talking about here. It's like that's substantial enough to smash any glass. And if you're in K19 and you throw it wrong and it doesn't break, you go, "Oops, oops." <laughs> um. <laughs> But that a good solid note on a scientific standpoint is that is also why those bottles are actually great idea to hit ships with and stuff like that. Because when they break, they disintegrate, kind of break. They break yeah. apart and fall. They don't explode out like yeah. a wine a wine bottle would or a wine cooler. You know, uh, yeah. I, I threw it away. Beer right. bottle or something. Yeah, you some know, thinner glass. Those would shatter and spray you with glass. You hit a, a champagne bottle and it just kind of disintegrates. Yeah, but you get sprayed with a little bit of champagne. You get a little. Oh liquid. yeah, the water is yeah. The, the, the water, the, yeah, because the, the, the drink is, is fine. So. Drink is fine. You can you know you can lick your shirt or whatever and you get drunk. I don't know. <laughs> it's no but big deal. That right there, man. That yes. when I saw that, I was like, "Fuck yeah, fuck yes." I've seen that one, dude. Damn. Hearing him when he got off of that ship, that it's that ship. He was yeah, he was a little kid. Little kid. And but he was a ninety year old man that had an idea about the whole like the whole world that was completely thrown on its head. Like him talking about how thin the atmosphere is that he's looking at in this photo. You yeah. know, when he got up through because you got a, a great view of the world as the as the, the atmosphere goes away. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the atmosphere is not very thick. Only a few miles. And, Eventually, and it stops. And when you get above it, you can see the clear delineation of, oh, the, the, the fuzzy horizon becomes very sharp once you get above the atmosphere. And you look yes. at in Earth orbit, oh, the Earth has a very sharp edge to it. When you get in much lower down in the atmosphere, oh, it's kind of fuzzy. And also you can see a curve when you get high Yeah, enough. fuck you assholes. Fuck, the Earth is flat. The Earth is flat. Anyway, but yeah, like him hearing him talk about it though, man, that that shit like changed his whole world. Like he knew what was going on, and now he's ninety years old and has no idea. And he was talking about yeah. how you know, like this line down here, this is life, and now I see death. This is death. That's life. And he was talking to to uh, to Elon, or not to Elon, to um um yeah. uh, help. Amazon, uh, Bezos, Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was talking to Bezos and Bezos is kind of like, like getting spacey. Cause he's sitting there listening to, to Shatner talk about this. And he's just like, uh Oh, 
I think Shatner's gone off the deep end. <laughs> I, I don't know what I did here, but I think I fucked William Shatner up. <laughs> but if, and he started to cry. I have never, even in any of his roles, I've never seen him cry. Even except, when, uh, no, no, except for Spock's funeral, Spock's funeral. The only time all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human. And I'm sitting here going, even Kirstie Alley in her very first role she ever played as a Vulcan is crying. And I'm sitting here going, folks, it's weird. Having seen that movie when I was a kid was the first time I ever saw it. I was a friend of mine who discovered Star Trek when she was in much later in life, in her 20s, flight attendant friend of mine. And she and she's talking to me and this. Like, Have you ever seen this show? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And, like, and she's like, I saw the first movie and it kind of sucked. I'm like, You really need to see the second one. I'm not spoiling anything. But you will you be should, crying at the end. You should end probably of it. look at the second one. <laughs> I, I gotta say is, don't stop after the first movie. Trust me, the second one makes up for it completely. The first movie is not bad. It's just it's a big budget two part episode of the original series. Yeah. The Can't, second one feels more like a movie. Yeah. And my favorite was Voyage Home. Yeah, four was yeah, again, four was even great. numbered ones. Yeah. That's the old, oh, yeah. the old saying. Is the, you want a good Star Trek film, look at the even numbered ones. The even the number odd one. numbered ones for some reason. Not some of them were some of them sucked. Honestly, Star Trek Five, one of the worst ones. Terrible. Kind of one Shatner directed. Yeah. Because Leonard Nimoy directed three and four, and they were both excellent. Yep. And then he's like, Oh no, I can do it too. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was not great. I don't know about this. <laughs> and then we did Star Trek Six. It's like, all right, we brought back the same director from Star Trek Two. And all right, the theme is, what if the wall comes down in space, the Berlin Wall? And the movie hit theaters. I think a week before Gorbachev finally said no more. No shit. I didn't even I think, think was, about that. It was that. December of 91. It, I think it was a couple of weeks. It was Christmas Day was when Gorbachev said, no, yeah. we, we're done. We're going to hold elections. I think it was a week or two before that. It was shortly after Gene had passed away, but it was just before Gorbachev actually said it's over and the Soviet Union ceased to be. And that was the, essentially the entire premise of that film. And I'm sitting here going, could you have created a film more timely than that yeah you pretty much couldn't script that yeah and you can't script it <laughs> it was unscriptable because this world events it's kind of thing, almost like you think oh gorbachev saw the movie and he said all right yeah yeah i agree with that it's <laughs> almost cool. like maybe the movie is what made it finally happen because the because the eastern block had been collapsing for two years by that point by the time the film premiered and then okay after two years of watching their sphere of influence vanish the soviets finally said all right it's over but yeah, and six, two, four, and six are absolute masterpieces of Star Trek films. And two is a movie that's so good, even Star Trek people who aren't Star Trek fans would like it. All right, here's a question for you, a movie question. Go back into the Wayback Machine. Go back to the beginning of time for you. Okay. Think about your very first memories. What was the very first movie that created a, an emotional response from you in e. any kind of way et et is actually the first movie that i can remember seeing start to finish my grandpa gave me a vhs copy of it for it was my birthday or for christmas 
when I was four. Something like that. And, I, and, and that right there, and Spielberg's masterpiece of a film. You look at the entirety of the end scene when E.T.'s leaving, and how if you take the John Williams score away, mm-hmm. it it's so awkward to watch. But I'm sitting here going, the music was what made that film is already a great film and it was such a great job that john williams did with the score spielberg actually re-edited the bike chase to match up with the music that was the need for it okay this is the big bike chase at the end and everything where they're, they're running from the government and he saw it he's like okay i've got it all set up and everything and then he heard john williams's score he's like, oh no 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 i can play around a little bit cut a little couple seconds here and there and the whole thing just the music perfectly complements that entire sequence. And I'm just sitting here going, government, not always great. And I knew that from a young age. And I'm sitting here going, okay, a complete stranger comes into your life. They might be the best thing that ever happened to you. You never know that. But you might make a friend that completely changes everything. Bro? <laughs> it's like, you my yeah, you my bro. <laughs> you my bro. <laughs> I do not have a I do not have any actual brothers. I have a little sister. No actual brothers. I met my brothers at college. Yep. And we are still brothers to this day. Girl. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Man, mine. I didn't think about my answer to this question when I told you. Hmm. He's like, I knew the answer before you finished the question. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nope. I've known this since I was four years old. E.T. God, I can't think of it. Oh, uh, uh, no. You know, most people by the time they're that, especially, you know, us, us, uh, you know, nerdy Disney kids, right? Um, you know, would say something like Bambi or something like that, right? You know, death of Bambi's mama, you know, type of thing. But, it, you know, I, I really didn't get hit by movies until probably Titanic. That's yeah, that was OK. We're, we're talking 12, 13 by that point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously it was right around the time that I was going to be in that other movie and uh, deep Impact, yeah. right. We started filming that in what, 96. And, you know, uh, even that one didn't hit me. And I was in the, the scene where I was killed by you know a, a, a big ball of water a massive tidal wave right you know and it, it didn't hit me titanic hit me and i think the reason not the titanic didn't hit me because of of jack and rose's story it didn't hit me about that it hit me about seeing something that i had been studying since i was like seven or eight years old and i knew that it killed 1500 people and that you know you were you were there you were basically there watching 1500 people die in front of your eyes and seeing how in a desolate space they were. And you could think of it, the black of night, no moon, completely dark water. They are literally the only light for a long way over a hundred miles before you got to the Californian and yeah, you know, 10 miles, but yeah, it's, yeah, you know, but, but it felt like a hundred miles because you know, especially because of the, the, the refraction thing going on with the ice and stuff and the blurred uh, horizon line. 
And the guys even over on those ships were looking at it like, oh, well, that can't be the Titanic. It's itty bitty. Well, that's because it was being refracted like fuck, right? They were alone. They were alone in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Well, not quite the little middle. It was more towards Newfoundland, but you know what I mean? They were in the middle of the ocean by themselves in the black, completely mill pond steady water in the ocean. And it fucked my shit up being able to actually like feel like I was there. Like we had transported back to April of 1912 and we're standing on the fucking bridge of the ship. Put all the other shit behind, but you're literally watching this as if it was happening. Dude, it fucked my shit up. And it was on two VHS discs at the you know, disc VHS tapes at the same yeah. time. Right. You know, about at that, that time. So the, yeah. the break in between, like right before they go into the, the little, um, uh, parlor area, you know, the line, it was like, it was literally right after the collision. Yeah. And they find out, okay, here's, we are going to sink. To be continued. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> yeah. Was like, okay, we're all fucked. Second half of the movie begins. <laughs> it, was, it was good. <laughs> but yeah, man, that, that right there, I just, I knew what the inning and the score was. And I knew it very well. And that's what, that's what got me. So yeah, there you go. I was even killed in a major motion picture. And that didn't mess with me. I was killed in that fucker. I died in a movie. <laughs> All right. So there we go. E.T. Yeah. for you. Titanic for me. E.T. There you go. I mean, I grew Two up like excellent films. I believe both recipients of multiple Oscars. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know. Yeah. Titanic won damn near everything <gasps> oh. it was nominated for E.T. won a shit ton that year. And the fun part is you look at 1982 and how many amazing films were released that year. Right. <laughs> Especially sci-fi films. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I take that back. I'm going to go back. I think the one that I actually did have a, an emotional response to was Pollyanna. The Disney, the live action Pollyanna movie with, uh, what's her name? Um, I can't remember her name right now. The actress. I can't remember that girl's name. Anyway, when she falls out of the tree and she's laying on the ground with like broken ass leg and shit. That one got me. I remember that. And that was way before that. That was like an early, early nineties type of thing. So yeah, it was Pollyanna that actually got me in my first response, I think. There you go. I'm a nerd. See, I'm a former cast member at Disney World, so that's it. it I'm continuing my role. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Disney ass nerd. <laughs> it's about that time. Time to rock off, folks. It's time to get your rocks off? What? <laughs> time to rock off, folks. Oh, yeah. so you're going to go play your SVD and piss your neighbors off? Like Saturday night, I was like, oh yeah, I would piss them off if I go fire up at 9.45 on Saturday night. <laughs> I have nobody living beneath me, and I have nobody living on the other side of the room where the amp is. But I've got a building right across the way, and I was like, yeah, it's it's going to piss people off. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll wait until a more reasonable time. Monday, after everybody goes to work. <laughs> or maybe, no, never mind. Like, like right, right before you have to leave, like 4 a.m., <laughs> 
When do I go to work this week? I think it's an afternoon show again, or or an evening show like that in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I was like, okay, I know Monday I'm off. Yeah, okay, Monday I'm off. I'm not back to work till like 4 p.m. Tuesday. So yeah, Monday all day, and then Tuesday morning and everything after everybody goes to work. I'm like, nobody gonna be around to get pissed. Right. You know what Except else? All the though? shut-ins. Fuck them. You can do it here any time of the day because we got fuck boys that live next door and they drive their shots fired cars every day. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure that they're if they're if they're not gay, legitimately gay, then they are failing at what they're trying to do because they have had, never had one girl at their house ever. But they have these cars, so if they're trying to make it look like they're badass and sexy or something like that, they are failing. Or if they're gay, they're winning because there's boys there all the time. It might be what's going on. <laughs> I'm pointing towards homosexual. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Just it but, is what it is. But if they are trying to get women, they are failing. They are doing the complete <laughs> polar opposite of what they need to do. Gentlemen, that that tactic ain't working. No. Pivot the strategy. Pivot! Don't, don't be like the regime in Washington right now. Right. When shit's going south, you change tack. You don't fucking put your foot to the floor. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been the Porch Factor on 7600thesquawk.com. Don't forget, while we're off, 833-441-2220, you can call. Uh, don't forget to, uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, come in on Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Central. You can listen to us live, and you can also call and do cool things. You can also be a... Did you just yell for me, my wife? <laughs> no! <laughs> she asked if I just yelled for her. I'm still doing the show, crazy lady. All right. We will talk to you all later. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Adios. Shake my skin!